The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy and Money this evening on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen to our program, thank you so much for tuning in. And you can always be a part of our show by following both of us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at Nick of Ebray. The calendar has changed into January. We've been off the air for a few months to celebrate the holidays. But 2020 has arrived. And it's time to make it rain. Because it's time for Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Andy Alfred alongside with the Nick the Money Man Devera as we are back for the new 2020 year and a new season of Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. However, wherever and whenever you listen to our show, we thank you. We both thank you for the bottom of our hearts. You can follow both of us on Twitter. I am at all Andy Alfred. I'm at, at Nick of Ypres. And welcome into the program. We this is our first show of 2020. Of course, mm-hmm. we do this podcast every two weeks. Um, if you're looking for All Andy Alfred, of course, we'll still have our sh- regular show this upcoming week. Don't worry about it. But we're adding more content to the po- to the to the network itself, and and so Nick the Money Man Devera, my old broadcast partner, the one and only. He has his picks are always money. We decided to bring him on the air, and uh, it is truly a pleasure to have him joining the network and joining the show. And like I said, we do this show every two weeks, so there'll be no episode next week, but the following week we'll have another episode. So that will be MLK Day. Will be the next time that we do our podcast, which will be Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is that Monday, the twentieth. Hashtag free at last. Free at last. Free, free at last. <laughs> But uh, we got a lot to get into tonight. Of course, we're going to recap uh, what's been happening in uh, in in the world of sports, including we're going to talk a little bit about some hot stove on the on the diamond and a big signing today in the world of media when it comes to sports. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll also dive in to the NFL and the signings today. Of course, of Mike McCarthy, the release of Jason Garrett. We'll also recap the season that was and. Uh, unfortunately, I have to pay for a debt out of this out of this whole situation, and Nick's looking so looking forward to that. And we'll also hit the ice as well, and we're going to talk a little video games as well too. So, but before before we begin, let's uh, let's hit the rewind button back. We just turned into twenty twenty, but let's take a look back at twenty nineteen, and let's look at some of the big sports moments. Of course, for me, the big sports moment, Nick, I have to say, unfortunately is the fact that St. Louis comes from being down, being in the bottom of the Western Conference, rallies back, gives the the birth of, of Gloria, and they win the Stanley Cup. That right there, the 2019 for me, was that was the year. That was the year moment. Yeah, actually, uh, it was pretty dumb. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think my moment for me was... Uh, 
In fact, there's three of them, including St. Louis, is that there was three teams won their first championship this year. The Nationals, the Blues, and, of course, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors was a big surprise, too, you know, and and we see that the the falling of grace with the Golden State Warriors, they fall, they fell apart at the end of the season, and it, it, what, it took it to, what, game six or game seven, what it was, and, you know, nobody's talking about Golden State now in, in, in the NBA, but... You did make mention of this, the Washington Nationals getting their World Series and, you know, being being honestly, from start to finish, nobody really had the Nationals no. winning the whole thing. You're, you didn't have them. I didn't have them. We were both in an agreement early on in the regular season to say at the beginning of the season that, you know, there's there was no chance they had Philadelphia was going to be better this year that year. Atlanta you couldn't yeah. count you couldn't count them out but and and the Dodgers you couldn't you couldn't believe the Dodgers at the same time. Right. But, you know, it is shocking it was shocking to see three teams win championships, but the fourth of course is New England beating Philadelphia in the in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Rams. The Rams, the Rams. That's right. I'm thinking the two Super Bowls yeah. ago, but the Rams in the Super Bowl and you know the continuation of the di- of the quote unquote dynasty yeah. that is of New England. Well, that might have been derailed this past week, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But speaking of teams and that, we finished up 2019, which means that we've gone through a full decade from 2010 to 2019. To me, Nick, I have to ask you the question: Who was the team of the dynasty that oh. you? Uh, we'll do. Let's do it in all three, all oh, okay. four sports: NBA, NHL, you know, MLB. Who, in your mind, was the di- team of the dynasty of each four four teams? Uh, well, I think for basketball, it's got to be Golden State. Yes. Uh, I think for football, it has to be the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Hockey, uh, you know, that that one in uh, baseball is a little harder to do. I'm going to be biased and say the Hawks because they did win three cups in the decade. But, yeah. Uh, for baseball, this one's actually... There was discussion about this online was you consider the Giants who won three championships in five years or do you say uh, someone akin to like the Dodgers who went to the playoffs like eight years in a row. So I, I, I think I'm going to go with the Giants because they won those three World Series in 10, 12, 14. But, you know, that's up for discretion. I mean, I think... Uh... I agree with you on the NFL. I think the Patriots were the dynasty of the of the of the team of the decade. In the NBA, it was Golden State. I agree with you on that. You know the constant run, and you also have to you know you got to give a tip of the cap a little bit to the Cavaliers because they played them three straight years yeah. in a row, and they were competitive the whole entire way. But you, you know, in the end, Golden State had their number except for one year, which yeah. gave, in two thousand sixteen when the Cavaliers gave Cleveland their first ever championship in professional sports. And I'm not counting the monsters because that's 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 an AHL well, minor league franchise. But there's the pre Super Bowl Browns too. There's the pre Super Bowl Browns too in the in a couple championships. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I can I can make comment of that. But like you said, uh, MLB and NHL are a little bit difficult for me. I'm going with what you what you said. I I like the Dodgers. The Dodgers were built, and they had the consecutive runs in. In, in the playoffs, but I also have to give credit to this. I would say the Boston Red Sox were one of those teams yeah. too, because they had two World Championships, yeah. and when they were absolutely written off, absolutely dead to rights most of the season, and then they they win they win two championships out of out of, out of the whole decade. The NHL to me, 
I'll disagree with you on this. Unfortunately, I have to say it, it has to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because the Penguins won three cups. They went back-to-back against Nashville and against San Jose. That's the, the last time it's been done was the 97-98 Red Wings when they won the championships in 97 and 98. Did they win three? The, who? Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh won three. Who was the other one? I know they won those two back-to-back to beat San Jose. They beat San Jose and Nashville, and then they beat... Um, I thought they beat somebody earlier in the earlier in the decade, if I'm not mistaken. But 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 you think about it that they had Malkin, they had Crosby, they had most of their key players most of that season. So I would have to say, yes, the Hawks would be a consideration. They'd be the you know a tip of cap because they've got they had two championships in the decade. But I think if you got to give it, it's got to be Crosby. You gotta be Malkin. It's gotta be unfortunately the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nah. The... Oh, they did win three. Yeah, they have won three. Oh no, that was in two thousand nine. Yeah, they were on the early of the decade. So, That's when they beat the Red Wings. The decade starts in ten. Ten. So. So they only have two. Two. Kings have two. Horks have three. So I'm gonna say you're wrong. Okay. I'm gonna say the Horks. Well, I mean, it's I would say that you know Pittsburgh would be that because they were the first team since the Red Wings in ninety seven and ninety eight to win back-to-back championships as they beat San Jose and they beat Nashville in consecutive years. I, I for, that's, that's that's hard for me to say because as a, as, 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 as a Jacket fan, I'm not being biased at the whole situation. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a hater over here. I do not hate. I am not a hater. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not a hater, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying if you look at it, you know, they're one of the few teams that were just, you know, were just uh, a a shake a shake of a team that you know every year they thought they were down in the early part of the season and then they seemed to just creep right into it and then they get into the conference final. Look, Ottawa they were one goal away from winning the champ was close to playing for the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Ottawa was. Yeah. And then Pittsburgh beat the crap out of them. Look what happened. Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup that year. Well, the Hawks were a blown oversights call away from going to another Stanley Cup, and they lost <laughs> games. Yeah, that's true. So That's true. Right, let me ask you this. Who is your player of the decade? All four teams? All four? All uh, four. If you want to, yeah. Um, for all four, um, the NFL has to still be uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Brady being the, the the journeyman himself, I have to, I have to say that. Um, in the NBA, it would be... It would be Stephen Curry yeah. because of the run that he had. He comes into the league. He came in on fire and propel and honestly put Golden State back on the map when it comes yeah. to basketball. Um, NHL-wise, it is a real toss-up for me. Ovechkin was there. He He's won a Stanley Cup against Las Vegas. You have Crosby winning, captaining the, cap, the Penguins twice. Um, and for me... I would have to say it would be Ovechkin because of the amount of trophies he also won. True, Crosby does have in 2010 the gold medal with with Canada in the in the in the the Olympics, but at the same time the amount of conference uh, the amount of league uh trophies with Richard, Rocket Richard with all the the all the other trophies that Ovechkin has and now you throw in a Stanley Cup win with it. I would have to say that, and then for Major League Baseball, this is a tough one. Um, for me, it would have to be. Who 
Ooh, I think it's Clayton Kershaw. I think it's Kershaw? I think Kershaw. I mean, the, the amount of dominance that he had. I mean, you look at the early years. I mean, if you look at the early years of the two the runs of the from 2000 to 2009, I say it would be Mariano Rivera because he is, you know, he was a journeyman. He shut down whenever he went on the mound. And then when he, when when the 2010s and when he retired, I think Kershaw became a dominant pit became the dominant pitcher because whenever you saw the rotation, you saw Kershaw in the lineup, you're either yeah. you're either going to see a gem of a ball game or it was going to be a blow up. No matter what the situation is. Right. But I think he's the dominant pitcher of the time, the dominant hitter of our decade. Unfortunately, I have to say it is the guy who wears pinstripes, and that's Aaron Judge. Judge is three. I mean, look at—he had so much power coming in out of out of out of being in the minor leagues, and three years in the league, three years in the league, and look at—he's—he's hitting home runs. He's averaging about two ninety two ninety a season. I mean, you don't see this kind of numbers, especially. In pinstripes, and by the way, I know it's going to be a little side note here. Yesterday was the 100th anniversary of the trade that sent Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. Oh, was that a century ago? Yeah, century ago today. Okay, century ago yesterday. Okay, so I that's so did not notice that. You did not notice that? Nope. Wow, you think, you think I would know that? Yeah, I nope. did not know that. Yep, it was they, they made a big deal of it yesterday on, on the Yes Network with uh, with everything. But it was the trade that was that sent. That sent Babe Ruth from the Boston Boston Red Sox to the the Ooh. curse of the York Yankees, of course. Yeah. So yeah, so players of the decade for you. Uh, baseball. I liked I liked the Kershaw. That was pretty good. He'd probably be my second or third. I would go with Mike Trout. Okay. Um, for the old the old pigskin, the old gridiron. I gotta say, I agree with you on Brady. Um, for hoops, I agree with you with Curry. Hockey, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with number 88, Patrick Kane. Okay. Because he has the most points of the decade. He, okay. And uh, like he said, like you brought up with, uh, he's got three cups. Um, he got the most points. Uh, he's got a couple MVPs. So I'm going to go, I'm going to put my Hawks, my Horks hat on. I'm going to say uh, Patrick Kane. Yeah, and, uh, and I was there in 09 when he was drafted in Columbus. And I call, I remember calling you and your dad up saying it's Patrick Kane was the first first signing for the Hawks. And look at, he came into the decade in 2010 right off the bat and made a made a huge impact on the team. I think it was a I think you're off by a few years, but I get the oh seven or oh eight yeah. right in that in that yeah, area. Because yeah, yeah. remember, it took a it took a year for him to get in, and then yeah, then that's when the Hawks started making their run. So I mean, it's Horks, Horks yes, Horks, yeah, Horks indeed. As that was a full recap of the 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 de- anything yeah. surprise you out of the decade? You know, you know how you know a lot of yes. teams make a surprise make a made a surprise of the decade that were. This for me, this decade in baseball, a lot of teams ended not just their championship droughts like the Cubs, but a lot of teams ended their playoff droughts. This is the first decade in like how many years the Pirates went to the playoffs, Royals, the Orioles, the um, Reds, the Blue Jays, the Reds. A lot of teams ended like a lot. This is a very good year of parity for baseball. A lot of teams broke their playoff, and the Cubs, of course, won their World Series. Mm -hmm. The Giants won their first World Series in 50-some years in 2010. Yeah. So this was a great year for, like, it was the first decade decade in a long time. It wasn't just Yankees, Braves, Cardinals, 
and uh, all that shit every year. Like yeah. we saw in the nineties and the two thousands or the Red Sox. So it yeah. was it was kinda nice. It's a nice rotation when you get when you have a Houston that wins a championship. Yeah. When you have a when you have a Washington that wins a championship. Um yes, you do have the flavor of of, of a Red Sox and a, and a and a Dodgers winning something once yeah. in a while. But it but at the same time too it's nice to see well, I agree with you on that. A lot of parody. The the surprise to me is this. We've gone through a full decade. Mm-hmm. We've gone through and I'm going to I'm I'm going to you're going to laugh at me at this. Another another decade of no World Series for the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. We've gone since what 84 Four, 84 yeah. was the last championship so now so years. so now we're in 40 years since the last championship. We had chance after chance in in the early two in the earlier part of this decade, and we couldn't capitalize on it. I mean, we had we had the rotation there; yeah. it was there. And think about when the World Series happened. When we had when you had Scherzer, you had Verlander, you had Rodney, you had all these former Tigers playing in the World Series, and you think about yourself. Where have I seen these guys yeah. before? Verlander and, was there too. Ver, so I said Verlander, oh. Scherzer, um, and Rodney, maybe, and everybody like that. Uh, Sanchez. I was San, on about Sanchez too. There, yeah. So yeah. I mean, where have I seen this before? But uh, but of course, you know that that was a, that for me was a surprise. The you know the and the nice surprise. I I think we can both agree on this is that you know. It has been since two thousand and eight. The Red Wings have not won a Stanley yes. Cup, and we can both yes. agree on that. That we were both happy about that. Even though we've seen a new building go up for the Red Wings, it has not brought them any luck with no. any situation. We saw the end of a playoff run with them too. Oh, and, that and was glorious. It was it was glorious, and you know, the, the the shock to me in the NHL for the the decade was. The the amount of the amount of parity when you see a lot of teams that have you know make and win a Stanley Cup or even get to the final we saw the new emergence of uh, a new franchise in Las Vegas yeah. go from from expansion to the Cup final in one year yeah. we saw and we see Washington finally getting a Stanley Cup St Louis getting a Stanley Cup you see Boston early in the decade winning yeah. their cup again you see teams that in the early decades you know vancouver making it to the cup final since 1994 when they yeah. got out when they got ousted by the rangers um and new york you, went too and new york has Jer- gone jersey too went. jersey went new york has gone the kings, uh, the won, kings won two in the in the in the deck in they're, the in yeah, the decade yeah their first ever one and then so. you had and then you had the blackhawks finally breaking breaking the yeah. rut and winning their winning their cup in the early in the early 20 in the in the 2010s it was great to see you know new blood you didn't see the same thing as colorado or detroit or everybody or every other team winning a stanley cup it's nice to see parody and see that you know the, the league has finally come together and you know it's working yeah working really strong um what was your uh what was your best and worst moment of sports in the decade as a fan? Um, the best was last year when the when the Blue Jackets finally broke the broke the back and finally and beat the President's Trophy. The the Jackets to me winning against against uh, Tampa and the and, and beating the President's Trophy winner was my best. Yeah, my worst 
was it it was it's twofold. It's twofold. One was the fact that, you know, I I went to Bowling Green. I I I went to Bowling Green, covered BGSU football and seeing the high that it was and then the utter demise of it uh-huh. was really really a shock to me because it went from being winning MAC championships back almost back to back an off year and then a back another year getting us into the MAC championship and then Mike Jenks comes in and just takes goes all Yosemite Sam and just implodes the implodes everything and it just it, it was the honest low of the low because at one point it was embarrassing to talk about BGSU football when I was doing when we were doing all Andy Alford because it's like oh we got to talk about this because I tried to bury it so many times because of how bad it was uh so that's one part of the worst the second has has to have been the fact that you know we are since 2006 was the last championship in the city of Toledo when it comes to minor league sports and the fact that the wall I got close last year and just couldn't get over the hump was and seeing 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 the city rise up with the team and then it just honestly fall apart on them it just was 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 very very hurt was hurtful for me because because of the whole fact so I so my best has to have been the jackets finally breaking the hump getting a playoff getting a playoff series win getting it to the next step the next step the next step for us now is to get to the conference final and honestly then the next step is to win the Stanley Cup right but just to get over that hump and not everybody saying well when are you guys going to win a playoff series when are you guys going to win something we beat the president's trophy winning Tampa Bay Lightning and not just in not just in like oh the in six games no we swept them that was a key that was a key one moment and that was my best my worst Bowling Green's football program going from the absolute best to the absolute worst and they are rebuilding with Scott Leffler now I like what he's doing but that's another that's another topic for another day and the fact that the city of Toledo has not won a championship since 2006 um, I think my best was probably that first Horks Cup uh, okay. 2010 team. Um, because, you know, when I got into the... I got all the sports the same year, 2005. And that's when the Hawks were, like, finishing behind Columbus every year. Like, last place, Trent Nani was the coach. Their best team was, what, Rutu or Martin Havlat was probably their best player back then. Mm-hmm. Which, Havlat wasn't a bad player, but if he's your best player, you're, you know, that's not, not too good. Um, I think the worst was a lot of people weren't expecting to say the 2010 NFC title game where Cutler tore his ligament or maybe last year's loss to the Eagles with the double doink. But actually, I think my worst uh, sports thing was there was a game in 2000, I don't know, it was 12 or 13. That was honestly, of all the Bears teams I've seen, that's probably been the best Bears team ever, even better than the six Super Bowl Bears or the 10 Bears or even last so year. So the worst was the. Was... Well. This was the best team they ever had, and there was a game. It was uh, the Sunday night game on CBS, the 4 o'clock primetime game, and Cutler threw a, a deep pass, mm-hmm. and Johnny Knox, our receiver at the time, he slipped, and the defender behind him caught the ball. I think it was 2012, actually. He caught the ball and ran it back, and Cutler, it wasn't the pick wasn't on him. The, the, Johnny Knox fell, mm-hmm. and Cutler tackled that uh, defender 
and he tore his thumb, and Cutler was out for the year. And the Bears at that game were eight and three, eight and two, and they finished the year. No, I'm sorry, they were seven and two or seven and three, and they finished the year eight and eight. And that was probably the because they didn't have Cutler. That was probably the best Bears team ever, and that just sucked because I was so sure that that team was going to win the Super Bowl that year. And I remember they lost. They got Tebowed that year. Mm -hmm. They lost to Janikowski. Janikowski kicked like six or seven field goals and beat them one year because they had no offense because Cutler was out. Mm -hmm. They lost to the Chiefs when they sucked. Uh, I mean, it was just, that was probably the worst. Even worse than Double Doink or Cutler turned his leg in the 10 title game. And it was there. early on, wasn't it early on in this decade that the Bears made it to the Super Bowl? Or are we thinking that's that was, back in early? That was the 06. 06, 06. The okay. 10 Bears lost the NFC title game to Green Bay when Cutler tore his ligament. Oh, yeah, that was the one when he threw it deep in, deep into the end deep into the end zone for the uh, the go-ahead touchdown at the end of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. And I remember, uh, I don't know if it was Caleb Haney or Josh McCown finished that game, and it was close, but they without Cutler, they were they were smoked. And Greenway, of course, went on to beat Pittsburgh uh, in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. So, that... And that uh, think, about, think about that. That would have been a perfect Super Bowl for this area, because you had two of the you know the best franchises in the Bears and the, the and the Steelers, Steelers in yeah. the one section. You know that have experience making it to the championship. Yeah, the big market to our east and the big market to our west, Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and Chicago. But yeah, that. Third... I thought you would say the, the 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 demise so far of the the not getting it right would be the Chicago White Sox. That was frustrating. All those years they had those. Uh, they had a couple of uh, off seasons where they just spent a bunch of money and they finished like in fifth place or fourth place mm -hmm. or third place every year. Uh, but I don't know. None of those teams were like Super Bowl um, or not Super Bowl World Series caliber teams. So while it was shitty and it was annoying and I did did make me mad. I you, think, know, you had you had Ozzy Guillen. Yeah. You had what Robin Ventura, and now you have you had um, oh yeah Rick Renteria. Rick Renteria. In in the rotation that it was in that in that in that decade. Oh, we had Sale, Burley, Freddie Garcia, um, Jose Quintana. We've had a lot of good players come through Chicago. Lexi Ramirez. Yeah, shortstop. Yeah, we had Gordon Beckham, who was a Tiger Jermaine Die. Jermaine Die. Uh, no, he was gone after nine. Uh, we had uh, Paul Canerco. Yes, so, Paulie. Paulie. MVP Canerco. I mean. It's but the the twenty tens weren't very good for the Sox. They only had one winning season this decade, or they had two, yeah. 12. But nothing compares to just feeling in your gut that your team's going to win the Super Bowl, and your starting quarterback gets hurt because some dumb fuck slips and misses a catch. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you know we're into the twenty 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 now, which is you know we've got nine years of this decade. Hopefully yeah. that we. What is our what is our outlook for this decade uh, to come? I I want us. Uh, I'll say this. I just want competitive games. I want. I'd like to see the jackets. You know, break the hump and get over the over the hump of getting into the into deeper into a playoff run. And I would like to see. I like to see. You know, the Tigers be competitive a little bit more. I'd like to I like to see you know the rivalries renewed between the White Sox and the Tigers and the White Sox and the Indians and the and and the Tigers and the Indians get the, all that back into session instead of you know you know Cleveland comes into town sixteen and one this season 
against against uh, one in sixteen against the Indians this year. Was it White that bad? So- yeah, it's that bad. Wow. One game. They won one game out of that whole ser- se- season series. Wow. One in fifteen. So you know, I I just like to see us be competitive. See more competitive games. Like like I said, I like to see the Jackets get over the hump, and I would like to see. I like to see you know, like rivalries renewed a little bit, and you know, go back to some of the things. Well, if if you got one free championship ticket to trade in between the Jackets, I mean, I figure it's gonna be them, them, the Lions, the Tigers, or you like the Pistons or the Cavs? I like the I like the Pistons. Okay, of those four, you get one guaranteed championship. Which one would you would you want the most? Mm-hmm. I was I would bet the Jackets, but you're kind of a wild card, so I don't know. I would like to see the Jackets win the cup. But for the sanctity of everything, I'd like to see the Lions win a Super Bowl. Oh, can you imagine it, around here it, how big a fucking deal that would be? That would be huge. Oh my god. Oh my god. Think about <laughs> think about it for a second. All right. Think about it for a second. Now we're we're talking hypotheticals here. All right. right we are not. Right. We're we're. Th- I'm thinking. Well, we'll get to my my rant on the and the and the on the on the Lions here in just a second. But think about this, folks. If the Lions ever did win the the Super Bowl, get to the Super Bowl is the first thing that they have yeah. to do. And first of all, either win a division or win a wild card spot. That's it. And and get through that to get them to the championship game. And I don't know, play Denver or play somebody that you know isn't really that built. That's great and win the Super Bowl. Holy shit! Yeah. It would be it would be pandemonium <laughs> because look at there are what eight teams in the NFL have not won a Super Bowl or haven't even been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, like, you know, like I know the Browns, the Lions, the 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 Texans, the Jaguars, and a, a few other teams. Yeah, they have never been to it. Think about it. If the Lions got to it and won it on their first try. Oh man! First of all, the league would implode. Second of all, this area would implode because there would be so much Lions fans that would come out of the woodwork because we're all hiding because of what's been happening the last few years. So for this area, I would say it would be the Lions. Imagine Browns Lions Super Bowl. Oh well, first of all, I had to look for the comet that's going to be headed to hit the hit the Earth, (laughs) and second of all, second of all. I would never. It would never happen. No. It would no. Ne- oh no, God, no. no. Oh no. It would never happen. No. If it, if it ever did happen, then I would say, look out for the comet that's yeah. headed headed for Earth. I will plain simple. For you, of the four, the 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 White Sox, the Blackhawks again, uh, the Bears, um, the Bulls. Oh, and I'm gonna throw this one out too. Chelsea football. Um. Honestly, of those five, who would you give a free championship ticket to? Uh, probably honestly, probably the Bears. Really? Cause like I've seen, I've seen the Sox win one. I've seen the Hawks win three. I was kind, not really, but I remember the, I remember the last, the last three P of the Bulls. I wasn't a Bulls fan back then. Uh, I've never seen the Bears win a championship, and I would probably cry honestly. Yeah, I'd probably cry. For me, in twenty twenty or the twenty twenties, what I like to see. Is I mean kind of like what you said, just be competitive. Um, 
I'm going to take a Binoch, though. The Sox are loaded with young talent. I want three World Series championships this decade from the you, South Side. You want, you want, I want three. I want a, I want a dec- I want them to be the team of the decade. You want them to be the team of the like decade. Like the 90s Yankees, the 2000s, like Red Sox who won you, two. You, are they going to be the 90s Yankees, or are they going to be what the 90s Braves are? When they get to the... Oh. They win one, but they don't... But they, the amount of talent that they've had, they don't get over the... They, they win one, but they don't get over the hump and win... The, the consecutives that they should have won. The Sox are going to be one of those teams that makes the playoffs every year, and they're going to get bounced in the first round. They're going to lose the ALDS every year. They might win one, but I guarantee you, if they, if they do go to the playoffs every year, they're going to get bounced in the first round every year. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah. I already know it. And look at how bad, I mean, look at the division now with them, and we're my, that leads us into Major League Baseball, and the Major League Baseball talk right here on Andy and Money. No, I saw some of the signings that the White Sox have made mm-hmm. over the. I want your opinion and your thoughts on what what they have signed so far. Well, I've 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 been fooled by these great off seasons before 2015, 2010, 20, uh, 2006. Uh, they just gotta go out there and do it. Now they signed Dallas Keuchel to run up. And that's my that's my biggest that was my biggest question to you about this. You know, you signed the big name pitcher, one of the big name pitchers mm-hmm. that are out there. And we we both have been agreeing agreeing a lot on everything about the situation, but you know, could this could we be getting the late end of Dallas Keuchel towards the end of his? Because he's had so many good runs with Houston in the last few years. Uh, yes and no. Luckily for him, uh, for us, I should say, he is a soft tossing lefty, and those usually tend to age better than like a hard thrower. Think okay. of think of like Burley. Okay. Burley's last few years, the majors weren't like that great, but they weren't like horrendous. Like Burley wasn't pitching like a five year or something every year. Okay. Um, so that's something to be mindful of. But again, soft top soft tossers usually tend to age better, kind of like knuckleballs do. Okay. Um, and they signed Gio Gonzalez, so opening day's rotation is going to be some order of Gilito, Keigel. Gonzalez, Lopez, and uh, Dylan Cease, and then Carlos Rodon comes back at some point, and so does uh, uh, Michael Kopech. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed Yasmani Grandal. That's what I was going to ask you. You know, they're the batting situation with them. You know, you have what you have Garcia, but the, after that, yeah. Um, so they they well they brought back Jose Abreu too for three years, which is really. Fucking dumb. They, I would give. How much is that contract that they put put in for him? It's not much, but it's just that you know they've got young people coming up. They have Andrew Vaughn, their uh, first base, one of their top prospects. They still have young Moncada still. That's yep. very very good too. Yeah, their lineup around the diamond. I'm just gonna go up, like around. Uh, yeah. They have they have Brandall at catcher, Abreu at first. Um, young uh, Nick Madrigal is gonna come up at some point and play second base. He's one of their top prospects. Tim Anderson at third, Yohan Moncada at third. In the outfield, they just extended Luis Robert. Okay. They bought out his um, um, contract with somebody like else. Like his service, like his service he, contract because he's a rookie, so he has those seven years of control. They bought that out, got an extra year, so he's going to come up and play center field. They have um, who the hell is in right field? Oh, Eloy Jimenez is in right field, and then mm-hmm. they have uh, Mazara in left. I'm sorry, reverse that. Yeah, I was reverse that. Yeah, Mazara in right and you. Know, 
Jimenez or Jimenez and left, and they signed Edwin Encarnacion. I did see that that Eddie coming over to the South Side is a pretty big move for you. We've seen him over in Cleveland many of times, and and then he went into Toronto. He was with Toronto for some time as well. It's good to see him going back into the Central, but it's going to the South Side instead of, well, possible locations for anything else. I w- yeah, and you know, playing he played for the Yankees last year. Yeah, and hit some bombs. So coming to the cell, it's a small ballpark. I guarantee. So it's gonna. Know. So he's gonna. He's gonna hit bombs no matter where he goes. Right, yeah. I mean, it, and how short that. I mean, you thought the Yankee Stadium's porches were short. You go to the guarantee rate. It's a little bit shorter. Well, no, Yan- Yankees is uh, a little, little bit shorter. Yeah. Okay. Cell's a bit bigger, not by much though. But um, so they have power. They have. In theory, the rotation they just they need to get some bullpen arms, and they these relievers have been going off the market left or right, and we're all just kind of like, well. So Luis uh, Roberts, you go back to it. He signed a six-year deal worth yes. fifty million dollars with a two with two option years. With two option years, so it's I think it maxed out at eight like eighty or eight ninety or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very cheap. One the number three prospect. In you got Manzara. You got Manzara. In the yep. outfield, you got yep. Encarnacion could be a DH or first base. Yeah, Mazzaro's going to platoon with Angle. You got Grandal at the at the at catching, mm-hmm. and then you got Gio, and then you've got Keiko are the big signings. Yes, for them this this past season. So I mean, it it it'll, it'll be interesting. It will honestly be interesting to see how the south how the, the pale holes on the south side are going to do. The Sox have um, generated a lot of buzz considering the Cubs have said they're poor. The mm-hmm. Cubs might trade away Bryant. They might trade away Wilson Contreras. The Sox are taking advantage of that, and I, I think, you know, it's expensive to go there for a day for a baseball game. We've done yeah. it. Uh, the Sox have earned my my money this year again. I wanted to go anyway, but this is just not going to seem actually mm-hmm. my big team. So this summer... And, and the good thing is that with, I want to go back a little bit, the Keiko. It's a three-year deal. Yes. So it's not like, you know, it's a rented player where yeah. the year or a year and a half, and then if we don't like him, we can ship him off. Yeah. Three, it's a, it's a, it's a, you get a full season with him in the white, in the white so- with the White Sox, and then year two, you can make the decision of, oh, do we want to extend him? Yeah, and they have an option for a fourth year, too. Yeah. There's a player, or a team option for the fourth year. So, I mean, I... And of course, if you like to do that again, I'm up for a day trip to Chicago. I'm up for that. To see I like to... the sax play. Yeah, I'm 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 down for that. I mean, and you want to hear the funny thing is? Let's hear it. The 22nd of February is the first exhibition games for baseball. We Sweet. are almost what? what today is the sixth. Um, We're about seven weeks. Seven weeks, eight weeks from six weeks away from spring training starting. Because remember, the first first five. First or second week of February, pitchers and catchers report, and we're already getting ready for baseball. Yeah, I can't. Nice. I, it's nice to you know that we have the nice NFL. We'll have the nice NFL action up to the second of February, and then that first week of February, the fourth of February, pitchers and catchers report. You know, we don't have to watch the stupid XFL that's coming out with Vince McMahon running his football teams out there. You're not watching that. Ah, uh, you know, we'll get to that here in just a second, but. Okay. For me, the Tiger situation is just—it's just getting worse. You know, the question—they signed some guys. They signed some players, but it's infielders, middle infielders. They signed that's, but that's the thing. The the outfield is still open for open for interpretation of what's going to be. 
what opening day is going to be for Detroit. I just, I just don't see it. You know, they've got talent in, like, in, in spring training. They signed Austin Romine. They signed C.J. Cron. Jonathan Scope. Zach Gooley on an eight on an eight days in an eight day span. All one year con one year contracts. You can flip them at the deadline. You can flip them at the deadline. They brought back reliever Alex Wilson. I give I'll give him that. But after that, what else is there? There's they get they get they get Cron and they get Scope for a year. They come they come in from the from the from the Twins. Who was the one that picked them up? Ron Gardenhier. Who's running the ship right now? Ron Gardenhier. Not Avila? Not Avila. Didn't they extend Avila and Gardenhier too? Recently? Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> Sweet. So it's so it's another year. And then you look at the you look at the look at the rotation. You have Matthew Boyd. Pretty good. Jordan Zimmerman. Ugh. Daniel Norris. Who? Yeah. And Spencer Turnbull. Who? Exactly. That is your rotation. For the Tigers, it's a lock. It's a lock for Cabrera to be a designated hitter. Right. You look at the outfield: Jacoby Jones and Kristen Stewart are two locks. Everybody else: there's Victor Reyes, there, there, Jacob Mario. Robson, Daz Cameron, Danny Woodrow. Oh my God! There, there oh. is yeah, it is the Mud Hens all over again of Detroit. Uh, they lose hundred plus games again this year. Oh yes. Oh yes, hundred ten plus. Harold Castro is a is the straight lock for them for a utility person. They have nobody at third base. They have nobody. The only one they've got is Jamer Candelario or Dawa Lugo, and Lugo's been a so so hitter when he was with the Mudheads. Shortstrom is Nico Goodrum. Willie Castro can be a possible player, but second base is going to be Stroke. But then you have Goodrum, Castro, and Harold Castro, William Castro, and Harold Castro being in there. I mean, it's another year of of cheap, cheap tickets. Though. Cheap tickets, yes. But you go, you can see for cheap. Tickets. And then, so here's your relievers. Ready? Right. They got two players already locked for the relievers: Joe Jimenez and Buck Farmer. You got Santo Soresto. Garcia, Brian Garcia and Ronnie Garcia, Schwebel, Matt Hall, Devin McKay. <laughs> again, I say it again. They are not. It's just honestly frustrating as a as a Tiger fan of how this season's gonna go. We don't go out. We have. We are the. We are the youngest team. Okay, which means we have the most salary cap too. Because yeah. remember, this is the last year of Cabrera's deal. Is it? This is his last run. I think this is also going to be his last year. I think the legs aren't that good. The body's starting to wear out. I think it's time to either either ship him out. Unfortunately, I have to say it. Either ship him out. He wants to finish his career in Miami. That's where he started his career. Oh, he wants, really? He wants to go to Miami to finish his career. Wow. Why not send him there if he wants to go there to finish it up? Because I mean, look, Miami's got prospects. They've got they got potential. Oh, no one's gonna give prospects for Cabrera. He's too old, fat, and shitty, and expensive. Maybe we'll get a bag of peanuts and and, and, <laughs> and, and and maybe a player that's in Double A. That's his, that's that. I'd be happy with that. 
because Cabrera is on his last on his last legs. Unfortunately, I have to say that. And to me, it's just going to be interesting to see how 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 Detroit's going to prevail. Maybe, in this they'll, maybe they'll bring back Castellanos. Well, he is up there, but I don't. I don't think that's a good. I don't think that's a good move. He's he's so prone to strikeouts. He's not a timely hitter. I think he could stay on the north side. I think they can go and get him for pretty cheap on the north side. He could go somewhere else too and make some money, but but the strikeout to hit ratio is three to one. Okay. So I would suggest that he he'd stay where he's most comfortable, and that would be on the north side of Chicago where he got traded to. That's what I, that and that's what I have to feel about. Hang that. out with Len Casper and shit. yeah, hang out with Casper and all that. But it, <laughs> it'll be interesting. It will honestly be interesting. Um, do want to make mention of this too. Uh, uh, Steve Stone re-ups yes. with the uh, with the White Sox. Yes. And I also got to give mention of this too. We heard we found out to the Hall of Famer of the competition committee that Ken the Hawk Harrelson is going into the hall finally yes. as a broadcast. Yes, he yes. will go into the broadcast booth into the Hall of Fame. As so, he'll go in. What he he was a player, right? He went yeah, in as a player, and now he'll go in as a broadcaster, right? He, he did not go as a player, but he is going in as a broadcaster. Right? He's going to go in as a broadcaster. So, so Hawks going into the going into the into Cooperstown, and we're very excited to that. And yes. we're, we'll, we'll see what what he's got planned for us coming June and July in Cooperstown because it's going to be it'll be interesting. It'll be of, interesting. A lot of old boring. Stories. Now we we talked about it too. Uh, at the last podcast that we did last year about the the ballot that came out in ma- for Major League Baseball and yes. the and and how our feelings about it, we haven't heard any of the result fully re- the results yet. Mm-hmm. And we, when were we gonna? When were we usually gonna hear that? Uh, about this time, it, January, February, I thought. Because they do that right. They announce the ballot at right around uh, the meet the winter yeah. meetings, and then. And then they everybody goes and votes, and then we get it after the winter meetings and after we get closer to the first start of the season. I think it's like January, or February. Cause I remember like when I heard Frank Thomas got it, and it was like February, or January. Okay, so I'm pretty sure. So, so when we get when we get our bat, when we get the the announcement of the ballots of who's in, yours truly and and Nick the Money Man Devero, we will have our our opinions on that because I think it'll be interesting to see who's going in this year because. I mean, it's op- it's an open interpretation of who's yeah. going because it's all players that you and I both grew up watching. I think the only lock is Jeets, right? Yeah, Jeter. Not. I think I think Jeter's gonna get the same thing as what Mariano got. Oh, unanimous. I think it's unanimous because mm. I mean, Jeter was one of those guys that was I I don't want to say he was fully clean, but at the same time, are you on the air accusing Derek Jeter of? No, I'm not accusing him of him using steroids and everything like that, but you know, the longevity of his career and everything like that, you know, that at, at that position at shortstop, you know, I mean, look at Omar Vizquel as a perfect example of that. But to, to quote Squidward, you're saying something. <laughs> and that's all I have to say <laughs> about that. You're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here. On the uh, on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so so much for tuning in. Um, we're gonna dive now into the NFL, and of course, it's about that time. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the NFL right now, and um, 
course, we are into Wild Card Weekend, but before we get into Wild Card Weekend, we haven't been on the air since last year, of course, which meant that both our teams, unfortunately, the Bears and the Lions, lost, uh, had a losing record this year. Bears are right now. Bears were eight and eight. We were three twelve and one. Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, I know, right? Well, Patrick, uh, it didn't hurt. Stafford got hurt too. Though. Stafford was the hurt. If the Stafford situation was, healthy, was hurt. All would right, have, they would have won more games. All right, all right. Before we get, it. all right, I'm gonna say this: Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia get an extension. An extension. They got a two-year extension. Oh, you said they got one. You're not advocating they, they, for they one. They got they got an extension. Okay, okay. The okay. Fords gave them an extension. Okay. Pardon my language here, but are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Se- we are we were seven and twenty two and two in the span of the two years that Matt Patricia has been at the helm of the Honolulu Blue, and so. How can you give this man an extension? Nick, what was his position with the New England Patriots? Uh, he was the defensive coordinator. Where? Let me ask you. Let me ask me the question. Where did the Lions defense rank this year? Hey, Andy, where did the Lions defense rank this year? 31st in all 31 teams in the NFL. The worst defensive team. The worst defensive team in all of the league. This guy is a defensive-minded coach? Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding You give him a two... Two-year extensions, to me, are, are just... Are just... That... I, 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 I just look at this, and I say to myself, Why? Why? Why, in God's name, is the Ford family... St- why is Betty Ford, or whoever the hell owns this team... Still running this team because she sell the team. Look at the last game of the year. There was a banner that a fan made with her picture on the front of it as they were kicking field goals in the end zone. Big sign that says whoever the uh, Willa Ford or whoever owns the Ford, Martha Ford, sell the team. Sell the team, Martha. They need better leadership. You don't sign anybody that's good. You don't give the paychecks. We're gonna just we're gonna draft good players. And you know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of the owner from the old TV series Coach. That when when Hayden went to Orlando, and all she was worried about was the team colors and the team logo and the team representation throughout the city. She didn't care about the product that was on the field. She's not on the field. Patricia is not the guy. He can take the pencil and ship off with it. I'm sick and tired of it. And Bob Quinn is a joke of a GM. An honest to God joke. He he don't draft right. He's never drafted right. When he was with Atlanta, he didn't draft right. I'm sick and tired of losing football altogether. I deal with it with Bowling Green, and I have to deal with it with Michigan State this past season. Now I got to deal with it in the pros. I look forward to every Sunday 
putting on the blue and silver. And what do I get? Absolute shit on. Every freaking Sunday. But Stafford is not getting any younger. I will give him credit. I will give him credit on this, Nick. He is going to take a pay cut for the next two seasons so that they can go out and get better oh, players. Oh, restructured his deal? Restructured his deal. Wow, good for him. I like that that he did that. Yeah. But it wasn't really necessary when you draft every single year in the top ten. Every freaking year. Calvin Johnson leaves and retires because he was done with football. We haven't recovered ever since. We can't keep a we can't keep a running back. Stafford gets hurt more than anybody because we don't draft an offensive line. Our defensive line is absolute garbage. The only pro- the only thing is Matt freaking Brader is the only bright spot of this team because he is solid. But what happened the last two games of the year? He missed. He was three for six. Oh, no. Three for six in the last two games. He was hitting at 50%. His rating went from an 87% kicker down to 62%. He's usually pretty solid. He is solid. He's like Robbie Solid Gold. Yeah. So... Martha Ford, sell the team. I I ask you to sell this team so we can have winning football. Sell it to the Illiches. Sell it to the DMC. Sell it to the Blue Crosses. Sell it to somebody that gives a damn about football in Detroit. Not Somebody that is still honoring their late husband with a WCF on the uniform. The guy's been dead for five years. Move on! Okay, I'll spend. Um, I miss, you miss Caldwell? Well, I miss Jim Schwartz. Mm. That tells you something. Yeah. That tells you something. Gotta give Nick credit. He said, you know, you want to rant about the Lions? Go off. Let me have it. Go off, King. Uh, you know, the thing with the Lions, too, was we, we um, not on the show, because we were talking about this months ago. We were at um, Frickers, and they said the Lions are better than the record's going to show because I like their running game, their defense, uh, Stafford. But... To be fair, Stafford got hurt. If Stafford would have been healthy, they would have beaten the Bears both games. Yeah. They would have beaten uh, Dallas probably. Oh, yeah. Stafford would have beat Dallas. So, uh, I think he would have. I think he would have. They would have easily won against Washington. Oh, yeah. So they Easily have, won against Washington. They they, they beat the Eagles yeah. with Stafford in the lineup. So they probably have been 7-8-1 this year with Stafford. They would have beaten Denver. Yeah. They would have beaten... They would. 
the, the only bright spot of the season is that we were we beat Philadelphia. Yeah. We were competitive against Kansas City. We gave we gave Green Bay a run for their money on oh, the screwed screwed by the officiating. Screwed. Massively screwed by the officiating. And we were screwed the week after that by by the officiating again. Against the Vikings? The, or? Against Minnesota, yeah. So, so I mean, they, they easily could have won five, six, seven but, games uh, there. But Nick, it's just the fact that, you know, you go out you go out and get this guy. You get the GM that's better, supposed to be better. You get a defense, uh, a defensive-minded coach, and the defense ranks thirty-first in the league. That right there is a warning sign, right there, that he is I not agree. meant not meant to be the not to be the position of being a coach at all. And it's it it, it sucks because he falls under the Belichick trick coaching tree. Rip. If you take a guy that is in the Belichick coaching tree, you're basically committing suicide with yeah. your franchise. Josh McDaniels did it many of times. Romeo Cornell was with it many of times. Mm-hmm. You have, uh, and now you're having Matt Patricia in the same home of that. And now, it, it's just it's just a, it's just a damn proven fact that you know that that that. That the Belichick coaching tree is not for real. This isn't this isn't like the Sean McVay situation. If you know Sean McVay, you get a head coaching position. It's not that. You know Bill Belichick, oh, you get a coaching position. It shouldn't be that way with him. And Matt Patricia is a damn joke. He is a damn joke. When you are a defensive minded coach and you and your team rank, I say it again, rank thirty first in all the league defensive wise, giving up so many yards against Green Bay, against Minnesota, against Denver, against Washington. It doesn't matter if you had Stafford on the offensive line situation. The defense is the defense at the same time. It's just that's what wins you championships. Defenses wins you championships nine times out of ten. Now, does he call the defensive plays? Yes, he does. So I noticed, too, they fired a bunch of defensive coaches. uh, Yeah, coaches and coordinators all. Now, to be fair, with Stafford being out, that bought him another year because if Stafford would have been healthy this year and they would have gone three and thirteen or three twelve and one whatever, his ass gone. Yeah. So that did save. What him. killed? What killed the Lions is that Jim Bob Cooter was released from the offensive coordinator, which is what Stafford's off original offensive coordinator was, and they were def- they were really good last yeah, year I together. Liked it. Why did they get rid of him? I, I don't like know. Him. It was I just the new him. regime wanted to come in and they wanted to shake everything all up. Because he seemed like, he but was at the good. same time. At the same time, it was just, it's not what they need. It, it, you, you give him a new offensive coordinator, and he did not click at all. What they, they tied the first game of the year. They beat the Chargers. That was okay. They beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. That I have to give yeah. you credit. For. That I have to give credit for. Uh, then you, then you beat um, I forget who was the other team that they beat. They beat the Giants. They get the win against the Giants. That was their third win. And then after that, it's just uh, losses all the way. Honestly, getting swept in the division. 
was the worst feeling for oh, me. Yeah. You get beat by the Bears twice. Get beat by the Packers. I have to say twice because that one game was a screw game for them, and then you beat get beat by Minnesota twice. Not only beaten but destroyed by Minnesota at home and Kirk at the room. Kirk Cousins, my yes, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Uh, again, I just say it. You know, it's just three, twelve, and one. It's a bad year. It's a bad year for us. I'd say so. It was. It absolutely was. So, do you have your feeling on the on the Bears? Uh, yeah. Um, Trubisky, you got to go. Um, we, we talked about this in an earlier episode a while back um, where there's kind of debate over is the problem, uh, is it Nagy, the head coach, who also uh, is the play caller for offense, or is it Trubisky? And... Like I said then, I'm, it's still true now. Matt Nagy is not without his faults. Matt Nagy is not absolved of blame. But it's hard to be a good offensive coordinator and play caller when your quarterback sucks. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the O-line was out. They hail under the O-line, and that didn't help Chabisky either. That said, Chabisky was out of 32 quarterbacks, because 32 teams... He was ranked 31st this year, and you cannot. You are not a Super Bowl team. You're not even a division team. Hell, you're not even going to be a wild card team with a quarterback who is ranked 31st overall in offense. So the Bears, this offseason plan for me, uh, Mitch, go. They're not going to cut him because he's on this rookie deal. Bring in somebody, Josh Rosen. Uh, and you'll it, even if it's got to be someone like Dalton, just somebody, somebody, uh, revamp the offensive line, extend Allen Robertson, and get a tight end, and let's see what Nagy can do with a halfway decent quarterback next year. For me, as the Lions, it's just, it's just restructure again. I have to I have to say this: they rebuild? have they have to do another rebuild. They have to, and it has to start on the offensive line. They have a top ten draft pick. I, I I like what they they they've got they've got opportunity out there to go get somebody that's gonna help their offensive line maybe help them out in the running back situation. What are they, are they picking fourth? Fifth? Uh, I think it's fifth. I think it's sixth. I think sixth. it's what it is because of a trade that they had, somebody had. Um, but they need to go out get offensive and defensive linemen that will help them out. That's what they. That's where your core should be. And then if you can get somebody good on, you know, with struct- Stafford restructuring his deal to help the franchise out, you hope to figure that it would be. It would be positive thinking, for them going forward because, this is the bottom. This is honestly for me the bottom. We are now, into year, three. It will be now officially year three of Patricia. We had one year. It was a good year. We were what seven and nine. I will take seven and nine in the first year, but we go from seven and nine to three twelve and one. That's a that's a flag going up the pole and waving in the wind, saying we need help. White flag. We need help. That's what it is, and it's just it sucks for me to to do this. It really does. It really does. It really, really does. 
really, really does. <laughs> Bear down, Chicago Bears. Take every way, clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up the fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrill the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. Uh, I guess I gotta sing it again. Down, Chicago Bears. In every way, clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrill the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. There you go. Very good. Hey, remember, two years ago, I, I did come on your show. You did come on All Andy Alford and, and I, did sing the the Gridiron Heroes. The you know? song, so, so I, I got to give you credit for that. But the last two Ooh, years, damn. not because of the fact that you guys you know got into the wild card position and not you won the division last year yeah. because of the whole situation. But, yeah. You know, and, and for you... It's just the fact that you guys went from winning the division to being in third place in the division just as a shock a little bit to me. Um, yeah, it was I I didn't have them picked to win the division this year. I figured they were rest a bit. I am at ten six as a wild card. I actually had Green Bay winning the division. Um but you know, I had the Bears winning the division at the beginning of the season. I, That's what I had. I had Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay, and Detroit. I I I had Green Bay. I had Chicago second, um, but you know what? It's being a Bears fan. You come after a while. You accept the fact that you're only gonna have a good year every seven eight years, mm-hmm. once a decade or so. So I, I can't wait for that sweet 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 twenty twenty five. NFC <laughs> North title. Oh, it's going to be a good year. It'll be a good year, I guess. It's going to probably be bad next year. Too. But speaking of which, we are into the playoff situation with the NFL as we're talking right here on on Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you listen, wherever. And whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in, of course. Um, so we've had the first round of wild card games. Any surprise besides... I, I know you want to go in. You'll probably be you're surprised that Tennessee beat New England. Yeah. That's For me, it wasn't really that much a surprise. It was a telltale sign at when the Patriots lost their final game against, oh, against, uh, that, against Fitzmagic and Miami. That was a warning flag to me saying, you know, that maybe they're not going to be there. And Tennessee coming off of a three-game winning streak in the regular season, I felt like Tennessee was the better team. My picks from this past week, I had Buffalo. I thought Buffalo would be comp- more competitive than they, they blew it. and they blew their they opportunity. Blew and so now Houston goes goes to the next round. Ten- I had Tennessee beating New England. I had 
New Orleans beating Minnesota. We'll get to that mm-hmm. here in just a second. And then I had Seattle beating Philadelphia. Yeah, so, right. I mean, the only one only one team that I had truly winning uh, as a home team was, was New Orleans. That didn't really happen. Yeah. You think about it. You had Houston winning. You had Tennessee, Minnesota, and Seattle. Three out of the four wildcard teams, road teams, won their games. Yeah. Except, for, except for Houston because yeah. they were the home team. Yeah. But, like you said... I thought that the Bills were going to be more competitive than what I thought they were. They blew their opportunity in that game. And, you know, it's another year of, you know, what if? What if the what if they would have won? You know, and they would have been playing, but unfortunately they would be playing Kansas City. Oof. That that would be tough. That'd be yeah. a tough road for them. But now you have and then Tennessee beating New England. Let me ask you, Nick. Did we see the final game for Tom Brady as a New England Patriot? Um, because everybody has their opinion about it. That's what I feel like most people think. Um, you know, Robert Kraft absolutely loves Tom Brady. Robert Kraft is the reason why they had to trade away uh, Garoppolo, uh, Brissett. I think Robert Kraft is going to intervene again. And I think he's gonna tell Belichick, "Hey, you're bringing back Tom Brady. He's our franchise guy." And I think, I think, I think Belichick's gonna bowl. You think? Yeah, I think Belichick's gonna say, "I'm done." Yeah, I think so too. I think. Um, if anyone, I think we either Belichick. see we either see the end of Tommy in in a New England Patriots uniform, or we we saw we saw the end of Bill Belichick as. Yeah, one of them's gonna go, and I think, I think it'd be more or less Brady going because that he's a free agent. Yeah. At the end, he was a free agent on the fourteenth. I think it's a possibility that he goes, and I've heard him go everywhere. I, I he's not, going everywhere. I've not seen a team not linked to fucking Tom Brady. I think, I think he goes to an NFC team. I think he goes to another team, and I don't want to put messages in your head, but I think he goes to Chicago. I think here's I, why yeah, I say that. I think so too. He's got he. They've got leadership there already. They've got talented and talent yeah. wide receivers there. If you want to plug him in, it's going to be another situation where it's Peyton Manning. Yes, like in Denver. Where Man, where, when he went from New, from Indianapolis to to Denver, that's a plug and play situation, and the Bears could have something going there. Yeah. But if it for me in the division, in the division wise, if that happened, oh, it's like giving you the division. Oh, yeah. It's like because well, well, I mean, I can't say that because you have, but then you have three. Four elite, uh, I would count Stafford. Yeah, four elite quarterbacks in that division. He's not elite. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, not elite. Aaron Rodgers, shitty and old now. Okay, then if you if he came to Chicago, Tom Brady, all right, and then Matthew Stafford, not elite. But think about it, four good quarterbacks in All that right, division. I'll give you that. Four quarterbacks yeah. in that division. That would be a division where if you're scheduled to play in that division, you either you're taking the L right away or you're going to have to be very, very competitive against them. Yeah, I was but, talking to Joe earlier about um, Brady coming to Chicago, and I said if, if he goes to Chicago, uh, they're going to have like 12 primetime games this year because everyone's going to want to see Tom Brady in a big market team like Chicago. It's going to be, there'll be a more four o'clock matchups. Oh, and then night, Sunday Thursday games night. or Monday, and Monday night games oh, up than the anything. Uh, 
Not, no, no, much. It'd be pretty much. It would be pretty much that. And plus, then the division games would be even more, more pressing oh, for yeah. them. Brady versus Rogers. Those two Packer Bear games would be on Sunday night. Sunday or Monday night. Or Sunday night games every every yeah. Sunday night or or the Sunday four o'clock yeah. prime time yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, the game of the week. Absolutely. And so I mean, it's going to be interesting. Let's go. Let's go a little bit further. The wild card race. Um, Minnesota pulling up the upset. In very, overtime, very surprised. Over, you were very surprised by that. Very surprised. Yeah, the Vikings, uh, they're one of those teams. Um, they kind of choke in the big moment, especially in their zim. Yeah. Um, so I was, I thought for sure they were gonna lose by about seventeen or more in the dome. So I mean, congrats to them. I was the FD pro. Yeah, I mean, I I was surprised. I liked the catch that Rudolph had at the end of the game, and you know, if it wasn't for the kid's knee being down, I mean, we could be, it'd be, it would have been New Orleans really yeah. easily to win the game. If he didn't have his knee down, you know, that would, that would have been, you know, that would have been, might have been the game winner. have been the game winner for the pick, scoop and score. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's just the fact that, you know, New Orleans does it to themselves every single time. Yeah. Now, do we see, now, do we see the end of Sean Payton oh, in New no. Orleans? I think it is. No. I think it is. Here's why I say that. I think New Orleans has to find it out this time when it comes to it. This is the third year in a row that they have beaten by themselves. Last year was the officials. The year before was the Minnesota Miracle. Mm. This year, again, it's the it's the dome, the dome upset. So now it's three years. And it hasn't. They haven't won a championship. You've got to go back to earlier in the decade when they played uh, the Colts. The Colts. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to go really early into the dec- last decade when they were competitive, and they were into the into the hunt, and they haven't been there. And so I think it's time to either shake it up in New Orleans, or or start rebuilding and make the cornerstone piece. Be Drew Brees again. Uh, I mean, at some point they're going to have to rebuild because Drew Brees is getting old. But I, I think as long as Brees is there, they're going to keep going for it. And I, know, I can't imagine them changing heads right now. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. And, of course, Russell Wilson getting the job done in Philadelphia, getting the win there. I mean, it was no surprise for me. I think Philadelphia limping oh, into the play, yeah. living in the playoffs. And then, and then Wentz going down with the injury in the game. And then Josh McCowan, forty-year-old Josh McCowan, who making his NFL debut with the with the uh, NFL postseason playoff, yeah. playoff debut with the Eagles. Who, by the way, McCowan was the quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns at one time. Remember yeah, that? I so, uh, going from a step up and making it into the postseason, you know, he did fill in a good role. But in the end, it was Seattle's job. So you look at the look at the divisional round. You have Kansas City. Playing Houston yep. in the AFC, you also have Tennessee playing Baltimore. That uh, for me is a toss. That game is just pretty much. I think Baltimore will win. Oh yeah, Baltimore is going to win against wow. Tennessee. That's going to be. A, well, I think Houston and Kansas City will be the closer game. Yes, I think a three or seven point win is possible between the two. And if I had to, I'd take Patrick Mahomes. I'd say yeah. I'm going to say more like seven, a seven or ten point win, but that's going to be much more. Competitive. So you would have Baltimore taking on Kansas City for the AFC Championship yes. game. Yeah. In the NFC, you have 
you have Green Bay hosting Seattle. Rodgers versus Wilson, a great matchup. Good two good quarterbacks. I got to give the edge a little bit to Wilson because Rodgers has pieces there, but he's pretty banged up from the last few from the last few games at the end of the year. He got hit pretty hard against Detroit and he got pretty hit hard and against Minnesota at the end of the end of the season. So, I mean, the last two games of the year, I don't think he's I don't think he's like ready. I mean, a week off is great for him. Right. But Still, yeah, and you know what? Um, Green Bay was thirteen and three this year, but it was a pretty light thirteen and three. Look at their schedule. Look at yeah. the teams they beat. I mean, the only the Look. halfway good teams they played, they lost to the yeah. Chargers, the Eagles when they were healthy, and the Forty ers blew their doors off them. Yeah. So, and you know, my dad, my dad, you know, Rogers apologist is going. Oh, I think Green Bay's the one, you know, pretty big. And I said, no, I think Wilson and them are going to go in there. And it's not going to be two games with them have to come across the cross cross the country. Yeah, I get that, but that's I, that's that's a tough test. But think about it; they did it against Philadelphia when they play. They had to play. They played San Francisco the week before to see if they would win win the divi- right. win the division. They fell apart. San Francisco wins the division outright, gets the number one overall seed overall. Well, I. Back yeah I know but back to my point is I, I think I think the Seahawks are are more well rounded better team I and it's not gonna be a blowout and I, then with Marshawn Lynch th- coming back too yeah I think the Seahawks win that one pretty I mean by like ten ten I think I I say they win by at least between I say between six to ten I think Seattle wins it by six to ten um, in the final game San Francisco takes on Minnesota. Blowout. I think I think it'll be competitive. I think Kirk Cousins will have his team right there. This is when you're going to find out if San Francisco, San Francisco is for real. They've had a week off. Remember, they played continuous. They played. Mm-hmm. They had their bye week at week four. Okay, week four of the season. They were at bye week at week four. Now and they played continuous football. Now they got a week off. Now they got to play a Minnesota team that went in, beat up New Orleans, okay, competitive with New Orleans, and got the victory. I think, I think, but I think Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings skull is going to come to an end. I think Jimmy Jimmy G will get there. I think it's going to be closer than what everybody thinks. I think it's going to be between a three to seven point win for San Francisco. I'm going to give it a. Uh... 14 to 17. So a three-point win? Yeah. I'll throw a three-point win? Three I could see that. So so then, looking at it, since we're not going to be on the air for the following week, because we'll, we'll have our... So if you look at it, you have Baltimore, Kansas City. Yes. And you have Seattle and... The Niners. Niners. Yes. Okay. So of those, two, of those four teams, who's playing for Vince Lombardi? Uh, the Niners for the NFC... The AFC, oh man. Do you need a quarter? Yeah, it could go either way. I mean, the Chiefs are stacked on offense, but their defense stinks, and Reed tends to be kind of a doofus in high pressure. I got a nickel. You know, I'm I'm gonna take the Ravens. You're gonna take the Ravens? I'm, it's gonna be the So Ravens. it's gonna be a rematch of yeah. the Super Bowl from a few years ago. When Ray Lewis won his when, last one. Well, yep, and that's when Jimmy Joe Flacco got his big paycheck the yes. year after. 
for me, it's it's Baltimore and Kansas City, and then it's it's San Francisco and 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 Seattle. I think it's Russell Wilson in San Fr- in Seattle getting the job done in, against San Francisco. San Francisco had their number all year, but it's it's Russell Wilson. It's the playoffs. Yeah, I know you're playing while, in you're playing in San Francisco the rest of the playoffs. I understand that, but he has played them twice. He'll play him a third time, and he's still pretty upset of them getting beat at home to end the home season because. Remember, Seattle's playing the rest of the year on the road. Yeah, because they're wild card. They're the wild card team, so they gotta play on the rest of the road. So I look at them as the New York Giants from 2010 uh, when they they went the route. Okay. Yes. So Seattle, I think, will be because every week Seattle was not picked to win. It was all or the Giants were never picked. Yes. They go into Tampa, beat Tampa. Go into Dallas, beat Dallas. They go into they go into um. And they go into Green Bay, and what do they do? They beat Green Bay for the division championship. I think Seattle gets the job done over San Francisco, which sets up Baltimore and Kansas City. Now you have a young quarterback in in Watson, in um, not Watson, but uh, in Jackson. You have leadership there in Baltimore, but I like Patrick Mahomes. He's a lot healthier. They've they've got two ways to score score on the ground and through the air. And it's hard for me to say this, but I, I, I think Kansas City gets the job done. So I think it's Kansas City versus Seattle for the Vince Lombardi trophy. And and I I'm hesitant to say who I want to win that game because it is just for me a real toss up if that happens, right. because you have a running quarterback that's good in Russell Wilson who can, who is both aerodynamic and also has it on the ground. Same with, with, with Patrick Mahomes. He can do the same thing. It's two of the same quarterbacks. It all leads into who he can throw, who both guys can throw to, who both you can throw to, and who you can whose offensive line and defensive lines are going to be better because it's just going to... I think, and this is, this is me, and I'm going to... I want you to hold me to this. Okay. I think this will be one of the Super Bowls that we will be talking about for the next five to ten years okay. because this is a team... These two teams have changed the way that the NFL is structured. We're not looking at... It being all dominant by quarterbacks and and, and, and and their throwing capability. This is now a run pass option quarterback scheme. Yes. That has totally changed the way thing the, the way the game has been. And I, I think it's just gonna be very very interesting to see what happens. I, 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 I think it'll be good and it'll see who wins in Florida. That's really what it is. Who who's gonna be better? Mahomes or or Wilson? I mean, that's what it is. Your 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 pick for uh, your thoughts on my my choice. I think with if it's we Reed's gonna be the same four teams in the conference games, and I think to be honest with you, I think any matchup with any of those two teams, whether it's your matchup, you think my matchup, I think, or or in between, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great title games. It's gonna be great Super Bowl games. 
Now, what you're saying with Mahomes versus Wilson, I think you're right because it's the RPO type offense, it's the run. Have the, you know? I think that could be a chance to be one of those great, great Super Bowls of all time. I I do agree with you there, and so I think I think you're valid in that in that aspect. But it could all change. I mean, I mean, but it could be the same. We could be talking about a rook, uh, a, a sophomore quarterback in Baltimore going against Russell Wilson. We can both agree. I, I don't know if you're agreeing with me on it, that San Francisco is either a put up or a shut up team. Yes. They have to. They have to. Well, they have to win against Minnesota. Yes. And then they have ultimate tested against Seattle. Yes. Because they have played each other twice. If they if and if they don't win against that, then in my opinion, if it's San Francisco versus the other two teams, it's the AFC to win it because I don't think because Seattle is just going to knock them around and beat them up, and they're not going to be. I, I know the layover is two weeks, two to three weeks, but after playing your that team three times in a row, it's you're going to have battle wounds and you're going to have everything like that. So I I I, I like. I think it's more or less Seattle versus whoever wins in the AFC, and I think it'll be Kansas City. So I, but and like I said, the RPO quarterbacks game, it will just. I think it'll be one of those that we'll be telling our kids and our grandkids about this game with the way that the NF the, that game changed the way that we look at the NFL from now on. I I agree with you there, and I think I speak for. Two NFC North fans. When I say anyone but Green Bay, yes, anybody but Green Bay. I, I, I just don't think. Like I said, I just don't think that they they have the capability to do it. But we'll we'll, we'll see. But we'll we will absolutely we'll have to see. Wait for Sunday. We'll have to wait for Sunday. Wait for Sunday. Four, four o'clock. I think it's four. And uh, I gotta beef one second to beef before sure. we go into the NHL. We'll we'll get into the NHL here in just a second. I didn't like the way that the NFL structured the times for the games. All right, a 4.30 kick in Philadelphia, the game time temperature for that was 27 degrees. Oof. Why couldn't you play that game at 1 o'clock in the afternoon when it's a little bit warmer? Yeah. And, and New Orleans is a dome. You could play that game at night. Yeah. You could have flipped it, flipped it. It's the same way with New England. New England and Tennessee played at... At set uh, like what seven o'clock, seven o'clock I think it was on Saturday, but the four thirty game was in Houston in a dome. Yeah, why couldn't you just flip, flip it? And I think fl- I I think it's because people are are at home at night and that's the game they think will get the better ratings. All right. Well, I I think it would have been better just to flip. Oh, I agree. Flip, flip it and it'd be it'd be better. I mean, look at this week, Green Bay and Seattle. Are going to be playing Sunday at four at, at, at I think at six oh five four oh five or six oh five Sunday night. Okay, that's a great matchup, but why can't you play that game in the afternoon on a Sunday? Because I mean nobody's nobody's going to watch the other game. It's good right now. It's 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 Baltimore and Tennessee. Sunday night is the night you get the most viewers for stuff. So. They put their most prestigious game, the things with the highest ratings, that gets stuffed on Sunday night. That's okay. why. Because like last year, the Bears Eagle game was the Sunday night game. Yeah, that's why. That was. The I highest. I just think it would have been better to go with if you're no, looking if you're looking for weather wise and for conditions because of this time of year, you know, and here in here in where we're doing the podcast, 
We're expected like a, a, a snowstorm between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, so whatever we get, Green Bay, Chicago, everybody else is going to get. So you're going to put a snowstorm in Green Bay on Sunday on the Sunday night when the storm's hitting up there. I mean, I mean, you're throwing another cog into the system that well, people are going to complain. Well, I think it, you know if if the weather was all right, and we would have won the football game. No, I agree. The, the The southern teams and teams indoors should be the late games, and teams up north outside should be the one o'clock games. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I but, just, but I, it's because of the ratings. That's money, all it is. Money speaks. Money speaks volumes, and and to clarify, here it is. I'll I'll I pulled it up right now for the slate of games that are scheduled to take place this upcoming week here, in week. In week, uh, in in the divisional round, it looks like this. It is for the divisional rounds. Saturday's games. All right, here here it is. Okay. Okay. Right. So, Minnesota goes to San Francisco. That's a four thirty five kickoff on Saturday, one o'clock in San Francisco. Right. Okay. One thirty five in San Francisco. The nightcap. Baltimore hosts Tennessee. Okay. Couldn't you just have flipped that and make it Baltimore and Tennessee at, at 4.35 or or 4.35 for an early kick and the late game being against San Francisco at 8.35, 8.15 and it still be the same time, still in the same time yeah. frame because they're in a warmer climate. In the Sunday game, Kansas City is playing Houston at 3.05. That's fine. That's 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 a perfect because yeah. the conditions and the sun will be out and it'll be fine. Green Bay plays Seattle six forty on Sunday night. Ooh, it's gonna be cold. That'd be cold. It's gonna be miserable. Mm. They may have screwed the Seahawks. They may have screwed the Seahawks. And by the way, Green Bay is favored in the game by four points mm. against that. The line looks like this. Seattle was favored by seven. Baltimore's favored by nine. Kansas City's favored by nine and a half, and Green Bay's favored by four. They might have screwed Seattle over the situation. That place with Seattle. So, we can only su- suggest that. And by the way, um, news and notes on the NFL: Mike McCarthy signing with the Cowboys. I think it was uh, interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's really a good or bad hire. It's just kind of just it's a safe choice. Garrett, uh, Garrett's gone. That means Garrett's gone. Um, uh, Browns firing Freddie Kitchens since we were last here. We both expected that. Yeah. I think we both expected that Kitchens was going to be gone. The question is who who the Browns are going to hire. I think it's going to be interesting. I don't think they'll go with the Urban Ryer route. I really don't think they will. Um, but, you know, we shall see. Um, Riverboat Ron signs yes. with, with Washington. I yes, like that. I do too. Um, I think that's going to be a good move for for Washington. Why do they call him that? Why do they call him Riverboat? Well, because he likes to go for it on fourth down. Oh. So they call so they call him Riverboat Run okay. for the reason. So we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll see what happens with the divisional games as well as the conference championships. And when we come back on the air in two weeks, which is Martin Luther King Day, we will have our pick, or see how our picks go. So oh, right now, yeah. so we'll for, so for now, Nick has got. Uh, the Niners and who the hell I picked? Uh, shit, Seattle. You, no, you had you had, had 
for the for the Lombardi. You had Seattle. Oh, I had Seattle and the Ravens. All right, San Francisco and the Ravens. San Francisco and the Ravens, and uh, I have Kansas. Yeah. I have Kansas City and Seattle for for the Lombardi Trophy. As you're listening to Andy and Money tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now, finally, after a while, let's hit the ice. Got a lot to talk about. A little bit. A little bit to talk about about a certain screw, a nationwide screw job that I'd like to talk about. So let's hit the ice and let's talk a little hockey. Of course, Nick, I, I got a chance to watch your Horks last night as they took on the uh, took on the uh, Detroit Dead Wings. Wait a minute, bum bum bum, Detroit sucks. Bum bum bum, Detroit sucks. You know, Detroit looked good off the start. They were up two to nothing, but then all of a sudden it was just all Blackhawks in the game. They scored four unanswered in the game to win it four to two to beat the Detroit Red Wings. And it was on national television. It was on NBCSN. Got a chance to watch it. And, you know, these two teams are like let me put it in perspective. These two teams are probably one of the worst two teams right now in the in in the NHL. Yeah, they are. If Hawks you look have, at Hawks have been playing really well. I I I disagree. It's some accident. My apologies. We're belching on the air. I do apologize, but the fact is this: seven Detroit three. is 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 gone. Seven and three in the last ten for the Hawks. Seven and three in the last ten for the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah, including the goddamn screw job that you guys did at Nationwide. I swear boo-hoo. to God, I'm going to say... Oh, here we go. So you're going to go boo-hoo on me. Let me just say this since the last time we were on the air. The Jackets played the Chicago Blackhawks. The two-game two series between the two teams is over. Yes. Okay. What did Between the two teams, the Jackets were 0-2 against the Hawks. Thank God I did not put any money down on that for the full season for anything a, a song or anything like that okay thank freaking god you sing chelsea dagger but i would have sang chelsea dagger probably but here's the thing the whistle blew the whistle blew clearly was they they screwed columbus and now it hurts us in the long run because we're out without uh, Jonas Corposalo now for four to six weeks with a knee injury. And Taves, in the shootout, just lit him up like a Christmas tree in the shootout. And he goes down with the injury. They had to bring in Elvis Merlinkus into the game. Cold. The first shooter he faces is Patrick Kane. And he has ja- and, and he puts his jockstrap on the crossbar. Deeks him out so much, it was ridiculous. Honestly, what's ridiculous? But the Hawks getting the job done against Columbus. Columbus up two to nothing early in the game. Riley Nash and Pierre Luc Dubois. It was two nothing Columbus. Then in the third, Gustafson his fifth, and then Strom with the tire. His eighth from Debrinket. It was two. It was two two after sixty minutes, and then, like I said, the whole situation, the screw job, in overtime. And then it goes into the shootout. Dubois misses. Taves beats beats Corpusalo. Injures Corpusalo. Nyquist goes in. Beats uh, Liner. Kane just torches Merlinkus. And Gerby misses. And then the Hawks get.
get a three two win in a shootout. It was a good it was a good game that in in the aspects of the first forty minutes were favored towards the to the to the blue coats and then the Hawks came roaring back and just I, I I don't know, just for me it felt like that game was just you know, it was doomed from the, once they gave up the first goal. I said, Oh no, here we go. Floodgates opening. The floodgates opened up and then in perspective the the Jackets you know, the winning streak for the Jackets and didn't really the losing streak continued for the Jackets. They lost to Washington, then they lost to Chicago, but then they they've been on a point streak ever since. And then this past Saturday they played Saint uh San Jose, lose to San Jose three to two, and a fourteen game point streak ends just like that. And now we are on the West Coast. We start the West Coast swing. LA tonight, ten thirty puck drop, Anaheim Tomorrow, ten o'clock puck drop, a day off, and then Thursday a ten thirty puck drop in San Jose. That's why I've been drinking a lot of coffee today because I want to get up and stay up late and watch how LA is and how they're performing. But like you mentioned, the 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 Hawks are seven and three in their last ten. But if you look at their look at the standings, they are nineteen eighteen and six with forty four points so far. They're six in the wild card race. They're not that great in the division. They're a minus 14 goal differential. But like you said, in their last 10, they're 7-3-0 mm-hmm. with with um, with uh, over, overall in their last 10. They play, they have won their, they won one in their last, and they play Calgary next at home again at United Center. So, I mean, it, they are on the right path. Yes. It helps that Seabrook's out, and they've been playing better. Um, Brent Seabrook is out for the year. Yeah, I heard and that. And he sucks and he's old now, so him not playing lets him play some young kids. Like and the Sakura that I liked that last night had his first NHL goal in 23-odd games and see, he was on the line with see, he was going to be on the line with Seabrook. Seabrook goes down, he gets put in place, scores his first goal yeah. as an NHL. So him, he's getting rid of Duncan Keith next and they should be better. So technically we've hit the halfway point of the NHL season. So let me let me give you the full breakdown of this. We'll start with the we'll start with the West because that's where your teams are. Central Division you have St. Louis in first, at twenty six ten and seven with fifty nine points. Colorado is in second, twenty five thirteen and four with fifty four points, and the Dallas Stars are twenty four fourteen and four with fifty two points. That's in the Central. The Pacific says the Golden Knights at twenty four fifteen and six with fifty four points. Arizona 24-16-4 with 52 points. The Vancouver Canucks are 23-15-4 with 50 points. They have won seven straight games, so that's really propelled them. Wildcard, Edmonton 22-17-5 with 49 points. Calgary 22-17-5 with 45 points. Outside looking in is Winnipeg at 22-16-4 with 48 points. Minnesota is 20-17-6 with 46 points. Nashville hits Hicks with six, 19, 15, and seven with 45 points. And then it's your Hawks at 19, 18, and six with 44 points. All three LA teams are at the bottom of the Western Conference. The Jackets can make up points with this. San Jose's in seventh at 19, 21, and four with 42 points. Anaheim, 17, 20, and five with 39 points. And the LA Kings are in dead last in the Western Conference at 17, 22, and four with 38 wow. points. Tells you how, how, how much. LA has just changed in the in the time frame of, of 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 things. Yeah. And so looking at this Hawks are 44 there are six game no five games five points out of a wild card spot. 
Do you think that they could get back into the hunt? Um, they can, but they're very streaky. They don't, like, they'll win, like, how now they've won 7 of 10, and then they'll lose, like, 8 of 10. So, it just, I don't know. They gotta, they're very streaky, and it's frustrating. Okay, let me show you, let me tell you the next few games for the Hawks. Okay. Tomorrow, they'll play Calgary. They have a four, they're on a four-game homestand, okay? They have Calgary, they have Nashville, they have Anaheim at home. Then they are off for two. Then they do the Northern Canada road trip as they go to Ottawa, Montreal, and then they have a hockey night in Canada date with the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. Oh, so there's four game. There's six games there. I can honestly see them going at least maybe four and two. Yeah, I mean Calgary's not going to be an easy task. Nashville, they could probably beat Nashville. They could definitely beat Anaheim. Yeah. Anaheim's not that great. Ottawa is. Ottawa, they can be they could be good and they could be bad. Montreal's really good, and Toronto without Babcock now, possibly they finish up the stand before the All Star break against Winnipeg and Florida. Winnipeg's going to be tough. Florida isn't going to be that much of a tough test right, for them. Yeah. So they can they can get back into the hunt and get right to the where the where they're at the All Star break into the into that hunt frame for the wild card position. For me, on the other hand, it's a little bit of a different story. The Jackets, looking at the Eastern Conference, at Boston's in top spot in the Atlantic Division at 24, 8, and 11 with 59 points. They're, they're one of the top teams, but the test team in all of the league is the Washington Capitals. They are 29, 9, and 5 with 63 wow. points. They're on the run right now for the President's Trophy. That's in the Metropolitan Division. They're the top team also in the league. But going back to the Atlantic, Toronto 24-14-5 with 53 points. Tampa 24-13-4 with 52 points. Metro looks like this. Like I said, the Capitals at 29-5-3 with 63 points. Pittsburgh is 25-12-5 with 55 points, which is surprising because no Crosby, no Malkin. They're relying a lot on the, on the Scranton-Wilkesbury team that they have down there to come up. And they have propelled themselves and helped them out 55 points. And Doug Hefferman and the New York Islanders, 25, 12, and 3 with 53 points, rounding out to the top three in the Metro. Wildcard, Carolina, 24, 16, and 2 with 50 points. The Florida Panthers, with, with former goaltender of the Blue Jackets, Sergei Bobrovsky, propelling his team right now to 22, 15, and 5 with 49 points. But Philadelphia has got 49 points as well. At 22, 15, and 5, but their goal differential is separating them out. Florida 10, plus 10, Philadelphia a plus 4. Columbus is in fourth spot in the wild card race at 19, 15, and 8 with 46 points. Now, I saw an interesting stat about this. Okay. Last year at this time, the Jackets were two losses off the pace, they were two wins off the pace of what they're at now. And they were in the same boat, and they got into the playoffs. Okay. I think they can get there. As a, I think they'll get there as a wild card team with a, more than getting into the divisional race. I think that's that's what I think they're going to be playing for now. I don't think that they. Do I see them going into a deep run? I don't see it, but I I could see this team getting the first or second wild card position yet again. But then this time, unfortunately being a first first time out. And it'll be the thir- fourth time in a row that this team has made the playoffs. They played Pittsburgh, 
Pittsburgh, Washington, Tampa, and if they make it this year, it'll be four years in a row and make it the playoffs. And that'd be better than Detroit, I would say. Would you would you agree about that? Yeah. Okay. And then you have Buffalo at 19, 17, and 7, 45 points. Montreal, 18, 17, and 7, 43 points. The Rangers are 19, 18, and 4 with 42 points. The Senators are 16, 21, and 5 with 37 points. The Devils are 15, 20, and 6 with 36 points. And the Detroit Red Wings. I can toast to this. 10 wins, 30 losses, wow. and 3 top, three overtime losses. They have 23 points. They are the worst team in the NHL. Could, happen could you say, could you, couldn't you believe that we are seeing something that, you know, we haven't seen in, we're talking like, this is like the 80s Red Wings when they yeah, were the Dead the Wings. Wings. Yeah. This is, this is, this is something. This so, it couldn't happen to a better team. <laughs> but, but I think that the, the, the rebuild has to start soon. And that means they have to get rid of Blaschel. It has to happen. It has to happen. He is not the man for the job. The last four years they have gotten to the playoffs, been bounced in the first round. They got to the playoffs one year, and they've been bounced. And ever since ever since that, when they got when Blaschel came in for his first year, after they got bounced by Tampa in the first round, they have never made the playoffs ever since. Right. It's been Columbus has been taking their position in the playoff position for the last four to five years. And it it, it needs to be done. It really... It, 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 and Iserman is the new GM. He needs to take ownership for this. And, you know, it's time for Blaschel to, to to move on. I've heard so many people... When I was up in Detroit in the beginning of um, the middle of December, we went up to see the Jackets play the Red Wings. I was talking to some Red Wing fans, and I, I told them, I totally agree with you guys. You know, they need to get rid of Blaschel in a heartbeat. And they said, we're just waiting for the day that it happens. And it'll then they, maybe, maybe we'll have winning hockey yet again back in Detroit. I mean, because at the rate that they're going right now, they're on pace to, sorry to say this, but they're on pace to get at least maybe another 30, 30 more losses. 70, no, that maybe. Sweet. That, that's what it is. And their, I mean, their schedule is just brutal. Brutal. I'll tell you, I'll, sh- I'll talk about their schedule here now. They played, they played Chicago last night. They are at home against Montreal, at home against Ottawa, at home against Buffalo. Now, those are all divisional games. That's going to put you more and more behind the eight ball. Then it doesn't get any easier. You go to, you got to go to the island to battle the Islanders. You then welcome Pittsburgh. You then welcome Florida. You then go to Colorado. You then go to Minnesota. And then you take the break, and then the first week of February, first weekend of February, you got back-to-back games against the Rangers with Artemi Panarin and the Rangers. Back-to-back? Back-to-back, home and homes. Wow. The 31st at New York, and then February 1st at home against the Rangers. Damn. Back-to-back. And then the first the first full week of February, February 3rd, you have the Flyers at home, two days off, then you travel to Buffalo, and then you come to see me and enjoy your third straight loss against the Jackets. You won that game? Probably not. Uh, we're looking at the uh, February 4th is 
me and, oh, me and uh, uh, that's our game birthday gift that's the birth it's both me and Amanda going down me and the wife going down to see the Jackets play the the Panthers which is Sergey Bobrovsky who's oh, Amanda Amanda's favorite player right, right. so I mean that would be the ret- that would be the second return game for Bobrovsky coming back and I'm like I just I looked on my NHL thing right here and it says the Detroit Red Wings presented by Little Caesars like I'm like I don't give a damn but going back to the Jackets really quick. The Jackets have got L.A. tonight, Anaheim tomorrow, San Jose on the 9th, and then Saturday night they're in Vegas to play the, 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 to play the Knights. And then they are at home for three. They have their four, five of the next four of the next five games after the Vegas game are home games. At home against Boston, at home against Carolina, at home against New Jersey, on the road in New York, and they finish off before the All-Star break on the 22nd of January against Winnipeg. So, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I'll say this. Uh, the All-Star teams have been announced for the for the NHL. Uh, the last man vote in for, for the All-Star game is this. Um, for the Atlantic Division right now, on the front runner right now, it's Mitch Marner from the from the Leafs. I kind of figured that was going to be what the case is. Um, for the Atlantic Division, it's Patrice Bergeron, Dylan Larkin, Barkov, Max Domi, Pedro, John Jabert, Pedro, Steven Stamkos, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner in the lead. Uh, Rasm Dev's lead is in second. And Max Domi is in third. No Steven Stamkos. Metropolitan Division... Mm-hmm. Right now in front is TJ Oshie. Second is Chris Letang. Um, Claude Giroux is third. Nick Foligno is fourth. Brock Nelson is fifth. And so on and so forth. Central Division, the top vote getter right now is Jonathan Taves. Taves is the top vote getter. Jamie Benn is second. Matt Duchesne is third. Patrick Lyonet is fourth. And then in the Pacific Division right now, it is which is surprised by me, is Quentin Hughes, who is the second overall draft pick from this past season, who did not get picked for the All-Star game, is number one. Uh, Edmonton, right? Yeah, uh, 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 Vancouver. Oh, okay. Vancouver. Pacioretty is second. Dowdy is third. Getzlaff is fourth. And Johnny Goudreau is in fifth place. How many um, Hawks are in there in general? Um, That's why I was going to look it up right now as we're, as we're doing uh, the... Doing the podcast right now. Um, let me look it up here for us really quickly. Big news today. Well, okay. Peter Laviolette, the head coach of the Nashville Predators, was fired today. Really? As head coach of the Nashville Predators. Laviolette has been fired. This has been announced. This was. This is just coming across the wire right now. Nashville has lost four of their last five. No replacements have been made. This is a this is breaking right now as we speak. Um, no like, replacement associate coach Kevin McCarthy was also fired. So they have no coach right now. Mm. Laviolette in his eighty seasons with the NH in the NHL, he is six hundred and thirty-seven, four hundred and twenty-five, and one hundred and twenty-three so far. And this season, it doesn't look it doesn't look good for him, and I can understand why. Um, let's see here. So that was just breaking right now as we speak. 
Oh, by the way, World Juniors had took place. Got to make mention of this. Canada winning the championship. Good to see them winning the uh, winning the World Junior Championship for that. Um, who won the Stanley or who won the uh, Winter Classic this year? Uh, it was uh, Dallas versus Nashville. It was a very good game, and Dallas comes back and beats Nashville in in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, they announced where the next Winter Classic's taking place. It is taking place. I know you're gonna love this. Oh, Target Field in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They actually okay. That one might not be so bad because they have those upper deck seats in yeah. the outfield. Yeah, and so, that so you can look down. Yeah, that actually might be not a bad. It's really playing. They have not announced it yet, but the, the three teams are as follows: it is Winnipeg, yeah. Chicago, yes, and Columbus. You would so fucking go away. I would go. You know why? It's it'd be Columbus because Na- because Minnesota and Columbus came in together in the league in two thousand. No one cares about that but you though. That's the thing. But it'd be it'd be two small market teams. And I'll ask this question. I'll, we'll ask this question and I know you're not you're not gonna really care about this really too much, I know. But wouldn't it be nice if it was the if the Jackets actually hosted a winter classic? And be played at uh, Ohio State at, at the Horseshoe. Play it against Detroit. Be Ohio versus Michigan. You tie it all in together yeah. as Ohio State versus Michigan in hockey. You have like I don't know, Michigan. You have uh, you have Bowling Green play Miami of Ohio in some games down there. You have you oh, a lot man. of the kit. Well, I mean, you you make it a, almost a week's worth of thing, and then the capper being the Jackets versus the Red Wings as a Winter Classic thing. But I don't think it would ever happen. It would be nice. I actually would think that'd be kind of cool because we're from Ohio, obviously, mm-hmm. Northwest Ohio. I think it being like Columbus and Detroit at the Horseshoe would be fun, and then having Ohio State, Michigan play each other like the day before, or day after. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be sweet. Actually, I I think it would be, I think it would be very very good. I, there was talks of it being Columbus versus Pittsburgh because of the rivalry, because of it's so oh. close at the same thing. But then it would just it would just make more sense to be Columbus versus Detroit because mm. of the Ohio State Michigan thing. And put it in perspective, the last time the NHL broke the attendance record was between Toronto and Detroit at the Big House with one hundred and ten thousand watching a watching the game. You could easily do that again at Ohio State, and it being Detroit versus Columbus, and Ohio, Ohio State making the case for it. The only thing is, and I've I've read a couple stories about this, is that Columbus that Ohio State doesn't want that doesn't want to rent out the facility to the NHL because uh, of the whole logistics and how everything would work out and everything like that. But put it in, put it in perspective, it would be free advertising. Pre- perfect advertising. Free advertising. Free advertising for the university. It would be free advertise. It would be. It would grow. I think it would honestly grow the game more in the state of Ohio. Yeah, here at least. It, for sure. Here and as well as I think in the rest of the state because you have it's popular in Columbus. You know the Cleveland route to that would be even easier. Take seventy one straight down. A lot of people would be able to go to that. Yeah. Um, I think it would be much easier to see. See a Jackets Red Wings World uh, um, Winter Classic and make it more possible, and then have it being Ohio State versus yeah. Michigan in hockey because then you could have that rivalry 
But put it in perspective, I think it would be the it would have to be the same year as Ohio State going to Michigan because you have to have that field prepped yes. for that for that facility. And put, and also think about this: Ohio State is now turf. It's easy if it was natural grass. That's when I would have a, oh, yeah. have a problem. But, but it's astro. If it's turf, you, just pull, you pull the turf off and do it. I mean, you're going to have that happen here in 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 the city of Toledo next year. The Winter Classic, the Winter Fest for the wall, the ECHL franchise here, it's going to ha- take place again in Toledo at Fifth Third. Ugh. Two games, the day after Christmas and the day before, and and on New Year's Eve, which is this will be interesting. Yeah. And um. The rumors are it's going to be either, of course, Fort Wayne being the one team out of the ECHL because the, the proximity is so close, and the other one is being the Newfoundland Growlers, who were the team that beat oh. Toledo in the beat Toledo in the Kelly Cup final. Yeah. But I think, in my opinion, and I know you're you're not into the Teak, and I'm, this is my little <laughs> under the spotlight moment here. I'd like it to be Toledo versus like Cincinnati or Toledo versus Indianapolis. Yes, I think that would be yes. a tremendously good game. That would bring in like think about think about the perspective here. You have a lot of Chicago Blackhawk fans that are in the area and seeing. Mm-hmm. And remember, the Hawks were a, were affiliate with the Walleye for the longest period of time. So a lot of the affiliate a few of the affiliated players. When they left Toledo, they went to Indianapolis. So, and that's where a lot of the fans also started rooting for it, including the guy that's sitting right across from me. Porks. So, I would like to see that happen and bring a bring a big city into a into a into a, a small town like Toledo to host a big event like that. It'd be it would be fantastic. It honestly would be fantastic, but I doubt I doubt it. Can I wrote back to the Target Field? Yes. Thing real quick. I think it should be the Horks, not because I'm biased, but who's the Twins' big rival? White Sox. Sacks. Who's the Vikings' big rival? The Bears. Right. So, who's the Wild's big rival? Well, not their big rival. Who is one of the big rivals? Horks. Horks. So, I think Chicago-Minneapolis, it would have... But we had that before, Nick. But Chicago, Nick, we had that Chicago, before. Pittsburgh, and Washington, and Boston are all the fucking time. Who cares? We had, we had it. We you had it at TDF Field, where the Gophers played at. You you had your Winter Fat Classic. Why, no, why and I'm going to say this right now, I and we're gonna more. we're gonna have this argument right now. All right, I'm going to say this right now. We haven't been enough. You have been spoiled. With Winter Classic after Winter Classic. It's true. It's, it's embarrassing. Notre Dame, Soldier Field, TFC. Uh, where else did you You played at Nationals Park. Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field. <laughs> what is the easiest... What do you think? All right. So the first one, Wrigley Field. Yeah. You played at Soldier Field yeah. in the stadium series against Pittsburgh. Yeah. You played... At, you played at Bush Stadium against St. Louis. Oh yeah, I forgot that one. You also played. You <laughs> played at what, Nationals Park. I didn't. Know. Oh yeah. You played at Nationals Park against the Capitals. You played at TDF Field in Minnesota against the Wild. Yeah. How can you say that you deserve to have another Winter Classic against? You want my honest answer? Yes. All right. Let me ask you this: Outside of Canada. Who is the most popular team in the U.S.? What'd you guess? It's the Hawks. 
I would give Detroit. I give Detroit. I give Detroit a second run. That's fine, but I would say it's either Chicago, or maybe Pittsburgh because of the old uh, the two thousands era. Yeah, and Mario and 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 Yager and Crosby not. And Crosby. So you know what? You want the teams who people are gonna watch. Um, unless it's some like Ohio State with jackets, which I said would be cool. But if you want people to watch the Winter Classic, it's going to have to be Chicago. It's going to have to be Pittsburgh. It's going to have to be Washington. It's going to have to be Boston. Or it's going to have to be, forget about New York. Yeah. That's how it is. That's just how it is. Unless that's something super like gimmicky and regionalized. Like out- like this year's Winter Classic was with Nashville and Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. But here's 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 the shocker thing, okay? That game started at two o'clock on on New Year's Day, okay. That game, uh, so that was a noon puck drop at the Cotton Bowl, okay. Game time temperature was fifty two degrees at game time. Jesus Christ! All right, the ratings for that game drew a one four, one point four million people watched that mm, game. I it went it. up against it went up against the Citrus Bowl between Alabama and and Michigan. That was on at the same time? Yeah, it was on at the same time. I had no... I would have watched that instead of the stupid Citrus Bowl. Yeah. I had no idea it was It was on, on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was not marketed very and it, well. Yeah, it wasn't. It really wasn't. And because it's the, because two, both teams were against the Mason, under the Mason-Dixon line, that's why it wasn't that big of a big of a draw. Because, and here's the thing. They had over 55,000 Nashville Predator fans that came down to the Cotton Bowl. Wow. To fill it, and they were up two to nothing the whole entire time, and you could hear them do that goal chant during that game during during when they went up two to nothing, and then Dallas scored in, and it was just it was it was a weird scene. You had white and gold mixing with white and green at the oh, same time, yeah. and Dallas wore these these nice throwback uniforms Nashville threw these these uniforms that were from the 19 that were back from the 1950s when there was a double a hockey team oh, there with the Nashville Knights Ugh. back in the in the East Coast Hockey League Trashville. they they were in the East Coast Hockey League and they paid homage to them through those uniforms and I like I like the I like the uniforms but I'm looking them up Look at the Nashville Predators uniforms for this. It just said Nashville Predators on it. It used to be Nashville Knights on it, and it was and the Dallas Stars uniforms had had the big had Dallas written a, a, the big D out right across oh, the stars. Those are nice. The Dallas uniforms. Oh, uh, the Nashville ones. No, those are really nice looking. Those are nice. I'm I good. like those uniforms. Those were nice uniforms. If you look at the Dallas Stars. Winter Classics uniforms, they pay homage to not only, you know, not only the the North Stars because of the, how that green color that they had, like that neon green color. Yeah. I like those better than the, the, than the Predators. The D-Stars. The D-Stars, yeah, that's what it says. D-Stars on it. But um, it, I like, like I said, it goes back to everything. If it's possible... If Gary Bettman ever listens to this podcast, which I doubt he does, no, I, think, I think a jacket's... Red Wings Winter Classic has to happen, or even that, or a stadium series. You know, we've got we got three stadium series. There's two. There's oh, three outdoor God. games. We we got we got, we got we remember it's a one in Canada, and then one in oh, the U.S. Heritage Classic. Heritage Classic, the Winter Classic, and then the Stadium Series game. This year's Stadium Series game is taking place out in um, out in Colorado, 
It's 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 um it's at the Air Force Academy out in out in Colorado. Oh, it's, it's not Corps or anything. No, it's not Corps. It's gonna be at it's at the Air Force Academy because they want to pay homage to the military. So it's Colorado versus I think it's L A. I think the Kings should have so been the Horks. LA could have been, but you know. <laughs> Here's here's something else, but uh, you're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. We're going to skip the NF, uh, the college football spectrum because that's another that's another topic for another day, And uh, but I'll just say this, go Boros, hope you beat, hope you beat Clemson, that's all I have to say. Oh, you don't like Clemson? I don't like Clemson. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is... That great. So we're gonna skip college football altogether. Aldi, or, um, John Gruden wants to draft Trevor. Yeah, Lawrence. I know. But by digress, we'll get into <laughs> let's get into our under the spotlight as well as talk a little bit about some video games as well too. So we're back here and we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, well I'm we'll talk a little uh, video game action really quickly. Me and the fiance got a, a Nintendo Switch recently, and we've been purchasing a few games. And I wanted to talk, tell Nick about that because he's a Switch owner my, himself. And I tell you, I need your friend code. I yeah, well, I'll get you. I'll get your. I'll give you the friend code here in a minute. Here's the thing. The graphics on that is absolutely tremendous. Yes, absolutely tremendous. I, uh, fiance and I have uh, Mario Kart Deluxe. We also have Mario Party. We have Spyro. We oh, down. Oh, we have Spyro. We, we have Spyro. Mm. We down. We downloaded the the systems, so I got to finally play Technopole for the first time. It was fan. It was <laughs> glorious. Um, oh. I played ice hockey on that too, which is yeah. like the like that was like one of the yeah. first ones. Um, we played the original Mario Kart on there too, and uh, we we're having a good time with it. Um, I. I the only thing is, is that she doesn't have she didn't have a TV until now recently. When in the next couple of days we're gonna get her a television for her room so she can hook it all up to the room because we've been playing just on the console. But I like that feature that they had, so you don't need to actually have a physical TV where it has the little monitor on that. Yeah. But I I think a television would be much greater to to yeah. watch it and to play it as well too. I never play mine on mine's always docked and I always play mine on my TV. Okay. Yeah, so I totally get it. Any anything that you want to pass along game wise that you want to talk about re- recently oh, that you man. saw? Yeah, there's a lot of games. So there's a lot of games I still need to get for it too. Um, well, are you asking me for recommend for you or just in general? Well, in general, all together. Um, well, like he brought that he has Spiral Trilogy remade. Get the Crash get the Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Insane Trilogy too. That's on Switch now. I know you have her PS4. I have it on PS4, and yeah. I, I do pretty well on that. It is also on Switch. Um, you can't go wrong with Super Mario Odyssey. You can't go wrong with Super Mario Maker too. Uh, well, how is the, you know I, I I played the Super Mario the the deluxe the Wii U game uh, it's the board the, the yeah. game. Is it is it worth it for me to get that game? Because I I played a sample of it once before at, at Target stores that they had like the sample that you could play. Is it worth getting? Um, I bought it like I had it for the Wii U and I bought it for the Switch too. So for me, it wasn't worth paying sixty bucks for it again. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
if you like the 2D Mario games, like the NES ones or Super Mario World, then uh, or the DS New Mario Brother games, then yeah, it's absolutely worth it. I okay. Think it's I think it's fifty bucks or forty bucks. That's like it's like forty nine ninety nine right now. I think yeah. that's probably because that's they're still running some of the holiday prices still until probably until after after like the after January is done because yeah. people are having their Christmas gift cards and everything like that that they're using so they're cashing in on some of it. But I think. The one game that what I wanted to get for the Switch and um is the Crash Bandicoot Racing. Oh yeah. I wanna see how that really is. I mean I wanted it for my PS four, but I figured that, you know, if it's if the Mario Kart is good on the Switch, then the Bandicoot has to be at least good yeah. on the Switch at the same time too. You had the original on PS one, did you? Yes I did. Could you have one of those Crash Racing games? Yes I did. I had the original C T R that was originally came out, and that was. I played that game until it ran out. Yeah, I remember you and Jenny used to play that all the time. We played that all the and time. Hot Shots Golf. Hot Shot Golf. Well, now uh, PS4 has their version of Hot Shot Golf now. It's called Everybody Golfs. Yeah. And it's a really good game, too. And um, the only problem I have with it is this. Um, you play, You play it, and you get all the characters and everything like that. And then after that. There's nothing more else to do in the game except play golf. You, you once you collect all the characters and you fill your gallery full of people, it just doesn't. You, you can play online Aww. and you you can't continue on the game. You can't get new whole new courses and new everything like that unless you pay for yeah, for the up for the update and everything like that. And the shit. update and the, you know and the thing is the update's like nine ninety nine. Why would I and, and all you get is two extra courses. Yeah, fuck that. You no, know, you don't do that. If you purchase the game, you should automatically get the course oh, the the yeah. uh, the, up, the automatic upgrade. I, no doubt. No doubt. I agree. They've and, been screwing people for the last couple of years with that shit. Yeah, and DLC and yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. And everybody else DLC, which is a, a, it's just basically an update to the game that's playing now that you have now. But um, oh, it's terrible. Uh, your thoughts on, you know, I I was a big component. Still, I think that the EA should go into some more sports games into the Switch. I think. I think with the broadening of the NFL into the world market now, I think we could see Madden going into the Switch. Yeah, Your bots. I agree. And is it our, the show is coming or two K? Yeah, two two uh, K. It's got the baseball game. They're co- that's coming to the Switch. That's coming to the Switch. I think in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two, I think it okay. is. Okay, so that's a couple years off. So. Yeah, because uh, actually- they just got to work on the logistics on how to contr- yeah. if it's going to be played this played the long way so we're going to be paid this way at the yeah. same time or if it's going to be like what the like how the Wii used to be where you oh, had yeah. to swing it and throw, yeah. throw it uh, and no joke I'm very serious about this um, I've always been interested in like in cricket which is you know, the like you know cricket the sport game mm-hmm. uh, there's a cricket game for the Switch if I can find it like under 20 bucks I might give that a whirl I think that'd be kind of fun to see how cricket plays yeah and it it's interesting to see how how Nintendo's going to continue their you know I think their momentum, but the only problem is, is that Sony's coming out with PlayStation Five. The new Xboxes is going to be coming out soon. Well, the thing, um, it's, it's, Nintendo does compete with Xbox and uh, and that was the hot thing. The, the, the but, yeah, the Switch was, but the, the Switch actually just outsold 
Xbox One in total sales. Wow. Like, yeah. Just like over Christmas. Uh, but the PS and Xbox compete against each other more than they do against Nintendo. Because, you know, they... Pl- they're the high-powered consoles. They have all the RPGs, all the FPSs. And the, Nintendo and the, is it's more niche, and um, it really doesn't compete. With, I mean, it does because you know it's one of the three consoles, but it really just it's more of its own thing. Um, so it's a niche market, basically. Kind of, but I mean, it's it's nice because every Nintendo has a very strong brand and very loyal customers. Like Nintendo consoles, really, really flop. The Wii U, of course. It's the only exception. But people like me and people like Brandon and people like Mike and Jen, they're going to buy every Nintendo console that comes out. I'm going to buy every Mario game. I'm going to buy every, you know, most Zelda games, Donkey Kong games. Donkey Kong, Yoshi. Yes. So I'm never worried about them losing out anymore, especially with how well they've the Switch has done. The Switch is... I. I don't think it's that point anymore, but for a while when the Switch came out, it was selling so well, it was on pace to be the best-selling console of all time, which is currently the PS2. Mm-hmm. It was on pace for that. So it's, I'm not worried about Nintendo anymore. I was a little worried when the Wii U was like... Because the Wii U like really flopped. It yeah. sold like 20 million units. <laughs> so not good. So no, I wouldn't be worried about the PS4 and Xbox One. I think it's just it's going to be interesting to see because, like you said, the Switch was the top console yes. during the holiday season. So now you're going to have more of a demand for games to come out more because people want to play the fresher, newer stuff. And you know, I just hope that Nintendo fills into that. Oh. Fills into that. Yeah, they will too because Nintendo has a a thing. It's kind of like an every other year. Where they'll have one year where they just dump a shit ton of like games and content, and then they have kind of like an off year where they only do they a couple release things. stuff, but it's more. It's only like, like this past year. They only the big things that came out this past year was like Mario Maker Two came out, um, Smash Brothers. That was actually the year before. So okay. eighteen was like the year where they, they just dumped. dumped well, that's everything. the first year that the Switch fully came uh, out. Well, se- well, it came out in February of seventeen. Yeah, but if you think about it, the big they did they launched it in seventeen, yeah. but the big dump was in eighteen. Yeah, because the only big things in seventeen were Breath of the Wild, the Zelda game, and Mario Odyssey. So this year is poised to be another one of those big years where they're gonna dump like just a big. Because they release games all the time, but they're big, like, marquee franchises. They drop, like, every two or three months in these big years. So, this is going to be a good year for the Switch. So, I'm, I'm, so, so I, I got the right time to get the Switch then, I guess. Yes, and your luck, because uh, me and Brandon have had ours for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. But Akmal bought one. Um, Chris and Trish each have their own now. Wow. Yeah, Chris bought one for Trish, and then bought Tr- one for himself. And Smokey bought one. So, everybody has... Yes, switch. So you can all play together on, on the thing. Let me ask you a question. You know the the a lot of people probably have it. They have a switch, but they don't have the Nintendo accounts. That's the big. That's the big thing. Uh, I think of what what everybody's talking about now. I've been reading a few of the message boards. Like, well, it doesn't like how PS4 and Xbox One. You automatically get an account. You can automatically get an account for the PSP Nation and everything like that. Whereas Nintendo, you have yeah. to buy either the three-month or the full-year subscription. But 
looking at it price wise, it really isn't that bad of a price no, compared to what compared to what a PS4, uh, a PSP or a PlayStation Network car for a full year, folks. It's like I think it's like fifty nine ninety nine for a full year on Nintendo. It's twenty bucks. Yeah, it's twenty dollars, and you get all those SNES and NES games for free, and you get Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, for that's free. free too. Yeah. You well, get that? that? Yeah, it is a fun game. I we played that the other night. It was actually pretty cool to play. And um, but we played Mario Party. Me and the fiance played Mario Party. We also played we played Spiral together. That was actually pretty fun. Uh, we're just looking for new content, new games to to do. And you know, I I just think that you know FIFA in the EA Sports is really kicking off with the with, with on the Switch. I have a feeling that Madden's going to take off with that because of. NFL is becoming a worldwide game now, so I have a feeling that they're gonna probably endorse into that. Um, That'd be nice. I want your opinion, uh, Luigi's uh, Haunted Mansion. Is it is it a good? Is it worth getting? I have never actually played any of Luigi's Mansions, but um, Brandon plays them and he loves them. Okay, so, so that, I was just looking for something to invest a little bit more into the game system. I, I tied you over until. Um, yeah, Luigi's Mansion, I'm sure it's fine. Like I said, I've never played any of them, because there's the GameCube one, the one for the 3DS, and then, um, the new one just came out. Didn't they have one also for the Wii U that came out? Or was that just... I don't or, think so. I don't know, you didn't think so? I don't think, I mean, they might have been. I think, might have been? No, because this is the, the third one just came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, 3DS and, um, the GameCube. Okay. But Brandon loves them, so... Okay. That's any, if that's worth anything to you, Brandon loves them. Okay. <laughs> Well, I did like the fact that uh, SNS has the Kirby games, a lot yeah. of the Kirby games. Yeah. But so we, but we haven't had a Kirby game that's a that's a Switch game that comes out yet. Oh, there's been a couple. Really? Uh, there's a free one that. Um... Oh gosh, I put you on the spot. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's fine. There's a there's a free one that came out. Um... Oh, sweet! I love Switch games. <laughs> uh, and it actually. Super Saga All-Stars came out. Or okay. Star Allies came out. That wasn't a launch title, but that came out like 17 or 18. Okay. And then a new one just came out, and it was free, actually. It's on the free and available for download for people yeah. on the on their Nintendo accounts. What is it called? I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, it was a free game. Do you expect... The, uh, oh, Kirby uh, Clash. Super Kirby Clash. Okay. Yeah. So, so with Nintendo, with Tokyo getting the the summer games in twenty twenty, and now Mario and Sonic going to have the summer games there, do you expect it to really take off? Do you think with that, with especially with it being in Tokyo now for twenty twenty, and Nintendo being a hotbed there? Are you asking if like Nintendo's gonna be like, a big presence? Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Because you know Nintendo's Japanese, obviously. Yeah. Um. It could be. I'm not really sure, like, what the... I don't really get into the Olympics that much anymore, so yeah. I really haven't... But I'm just saying, because it, with it being in Tokyo for 2020... Oh, yeah, I'm sure Mario and Pikachu and Sonic and... Shit will be there. Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi running around yeah. the, the Olympic pool, just cheering for everybody. Uh, did that. you buy Sonic and Mario at the Olympics? Um, I'm thinking about it. That's one game that I was thinking about getting. Um, I'm more or less thinking of holding off and waiting until the the Winter Game one comes out because then they'll have hot they'll have hockey on it. Like when when the Mario Sonic at the Winter Games came out for the Wii, I bought that and I played that to the death because it was hockey. It was good. It was, it was pretty good. Was it? Mm. 
I stacked my team pretty I'm well. I stacked my team pretty well. I had Wario in the net. Oh, I had yes. Mario and Sonic together. Uh, and then I had t- I had the knuckle the the the, oh, the black the the black uh, oh uh, shadow shadow being yeah. uh, being my other forward, and I had Mario on defense with with Sonic being also a defenseman too, and Shadow being on the front. So it was like <laughs> I stacked my team pretty well. So, uh, but yeah, it, it it if you if you don't have a switch, it's re- really worth investing. Yeah. They have the light version, but I would recommend getting the full version yeah. itself. Chris bought the light version. And I was like, "Why? You, you might as well just waste the put the put the hundred dollars more into it and right get around. the whole get the whole thing, and just invest into it, and so you could dock it and put it and use the controllers and everything like that. Any accessories that people should go out and get accessory wise? Yeah, the, get a pro controller. There's there's two. There's the expensive wireless one, and there's one for like twenty bucks where you just because you know there's two USB ports on the back of the switch. Yeah. It plugs right in there. That's what I use, and it's fine. Okay. Um, there's also might be a Switch Pro coming out this year, which would be like a more better graphically inclined, like 4K. Okay. Uh, Switch, but that's just a rumor. For that's now. just a rumor for right now. Probably sure. won't. Get, we won't probably hear it until probably E3, in the E3, E3 or something like that, yeah. in the, towards the summer when they make the announce when they usually do their announcements for the upcoming year. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. You're listening to Andy and Money right here. On the Anchor Network, and that is with iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. However you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. We have come to the end of our podcast this evening, of course, and it's now time for After Hours. After, after Hours. hours. <laughs> and um, this is our time, our two-minute segment of talking whatever we want to talk to off the top of our head. But before we begin, of course, we want to thank you. We both want to thank you for tuning into our podcast as always, we do the show every two weeks, so we'll be doing it on MLK Day, which is on the 20th of January. We'll be back on the air for you guys talking about sports and stuff like that. But uh, looking forward to chatting with the, chatting more with, with, of course, Nick, the money man, DeVera, of course, then. But if you want to chat with us, we're, you can always be a part of our podcast by following us, both of us, on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. And I'm at Nick of Prey. So it's time for After Hours. And, of course, um, do you want to start or shall I? Uh, yeah, mine's going to be pretty quick, so I'll just go first. Okay, go ahead. Um, so getting back to the video game angle, uh, I'm buying a new laptop this Friday. So I will be back to recording and streaming games on Twitch. And if you want to give me a quick follow on Twitch, that is twitch.tv backslash N-I-C-K-O-F-Y-P-R. Yes, and you don't have to subscribe. I don't want your money. Follow is free. That's good enough for me. Um, I'm t- and we'll link it on our podcast too, okay. so that we yeah. can we can get you. Uh, so you guys want to take a look at his stuff? We'll gladly put we'll gladly put it on for you guys. And he does a lot. He does a lot of uh, in game stuff. So you're not gonna be doing it on YouTube anymore. No, I that clogs up my YouTube. You can find me on YouTube by the way at White Sox nine zero one. Um, that's the URL or Nick of Prey, like my Twitter mm-hmm. account. Uh, no, on on YouTube, it just clocks the media. Yeah, because you have like all these lives. It's I like it better on Twitch because Twitch will archive everything for you, and if you want to, they you can link up your Twitch account and your YouTube channel account, and it actually will send the oh, nice. Twitch the Twitch the saved archive stream to your YouTube account if you want. So it's nice if I decide to do that, I can just do it. 
instead of being stuck with them on my YouTube channel. Oh, great. So, great. So, of course, um, you've heard the huge rant I just had earlier in the podcast. If you haven't heard it, go back to it about the Detroit Lions. We had the huge rant about it. I want to make mention of this right off the bat. We'll be back with all Andy off of this later on this week. So, uh, stay tuned to that. Um, the big rant of the week, of course, is just a big thank you to. Uh, to my colleague Nick the the Money Man Devere on a you know a great twenty in twenty nineteen and we've done we've done our podcast now for the last two years I want to thank him for you know we're, both of us both of us want to thank each other basically yes. because we've both been busy with our schedules a little late but we finally got we're back into it we're back into doing this and I'm just so grateful to be able to bring you content. And bring you, we both are grateful for bringing you content and bringing you our thoughts about what's happening in the world of sports, what's happening in our lives, whether it be, whether it be you know positive, negative, no matter what the situation is. Um, I had um, a great dinner the other night with uh with my uh, one of my one of my best friends who is the co best man Drake in our in the upcoming oh. wedding. We're having a we had a great time. Um, looking forward to. You know, continuing the conversation with him about about the, the wedding and learning more about like marriage life and everything like that because they're in year two of their marriage and so I'm getting more into that and to well basically I already know who I I know the person I'm marrying and I love I love Amanda and I care about her and so I guess this is a dedication to her a little bit on everything and um and uh I'm just looking forward to the years, the year to come, because it's now planning stage. Yes. We are now a year out from from this this big shindig. We're gonna be a year and a half out from the big shindig. Holy moly! I I know, and um, luckily the man that's sitting next to me here is just a part of the party. He's not gonna be taking a speech. He's just gonna be oh walking, 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 and just waving yes. and saying hello and sitting at the head table and enjoying enjoying the meal that we have instead of. Instead of, uh, yeah, I'm tired of that man. <laughs> I told I told him straight up the day that the day that I proposed to Amanda and I told him he says I'm gonna you're gonna be in the wedding but you're not gonna be, you're just going to be in the wedding not a part of the wet not a part of the wedding as a best man or anything like that. So I sighed the biggest sigh of relief I've ever. It's had. like oh my god, thank god, thank god. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's um twenty. 2020 is going to be an interesting year for this podcast and we hope that you can hit the subscribe button and follow us oh, plenty more podcasts yet to come and plenty more things to cover right here on andy and money but until we talk to you guys again on the 20th of january of course it will be nick the money man devera running ship for that podcast so um yours yeah. truly will be giving out giving out his dose of intellect and and thoughts but uh, <laughs> he just laughs at it. But until then, this is uh, this is Andy, the Andy Alfred, alongside Nick the Money Man. We're talk to you guys again in two weeks for another edition of Andy and Money. Money.